Buckle up, everyone, and welcome to Carpool Rugby League, a show where three rugby league tragics talk everything rugby league on your way to or from work. I'm Graham. I'm Shano. I am the chameleon. Welcome aboard and on with the show. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means. It's another episode of Carpool Rugby League, and I'll tell you what, fellas, we're getting to the pointy end of the season. We've, uh, we're 20 rounds into the, the competition, and um, well, the finals are in sight. You can just smell it. It's almost there, isn't it? Yeah, it, it is, and uh, it was good to see football in the midst of confusion that was on the weekend. It, it, the cream is rising. Um, you know, there's there's... Teams last weekend who probably didn't show their true potential. Um, in saying that, I thought yet again um, it, it gave another part of the narrative that is uh, the NRL competition. So, look, we're, we're we're in for a cracker this week, Graham. Um, you know, it's it's going to be it's going to be a big week of rugby league this week, Griffo, isn't it? What you got? What, what did Graham say? Um, the top six sides playing each other. Yeah. That's fantastic. Everyone in the top six is playing each other. Yeah, there's a lot to look forward to. Uh, you know, I mean, we look forward to every round, but in particular this round. Um, it's it's on the line. And all. not only that, but you've got all these teams that fight for seven and eight, and a lot of them will be coming up against each other as well this week. So, uh, well, every game every game's important. Yeah, every game's Some important. Some more than others. Yeah, well, that's true. There's a lot of even important the games Even the Portaloo game of the week. Yeah. Yeah, we've got even one of those this week, don't we, Shano? Yeah, so... Look, <laughs> we haven't had one for a while. Have a, have a, hey, hey, didn't Muriel live up to expectations? Oh, yeah. Oh, Muriel's didn't Muriel back. live up to expectations? Muriel's Wasn't that back. a cracker? Don't you love it when they looked at each other as if to say, I think it was Norfoluma, the, the moment I love. Was an, I'm sure it was Norfoluma looked across as if to say, what was that all about? Well, yeah. look, they got within two. They got within two. That's that, 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 that's a positive look. If we're going to take any positive out of it, that's the one to take out. Um, just just in mentioning that in the last round, uh, I'll go through the scores just to keep everyone up to date with what that happened. That was two. No? You didn't see they got within poo, did you? A two, yes. Well, I'll, tell <laughs> yeah, a... I'll tell you what was poo in boots. Yes. Poo in boots was a dropout. Yeah. He should have yeah. launched that in the orbit, that a dropout. He should have just gone 50 metres. Yeah. What were they thinking? That's a genuine gaff contender. Like, you know, and you know, what, you, know what really, you know what the poo in boots element of this is? Maguire's head's on the chopping block in the media, and you're going, I don't, I, I, look, I don't know Maguire personally, but I think he's, coached enough games to know not to send down the message to Ted Mulray to run on the field and say do a short dropout. Mate, he's he's been involved in enough games to know that's a bad idea. What's going on there? Yeah. Anyway, anyway, go for it, Greg. Look, uh, I was just going to say, uh, speaking of that game last week, it was one of the games of round 20. Uh, 
I will go through the scores just to keep everyone up to date. Just in case you missed any action last week, there were some cracker games. Uh, and as Shane said, a lot of it was in doubt given the lockdown situation in Brisbane. It was great to see that uh, we were able to get footy back on the park and a full round of football in the books. It all started on Thursday night up in Mackay. The Roosters, really dominant, ran out 28-0 winners over the Parramatta Eels. Uh, the game we just mentioned there between the Tigers and the Warriors ended 18-16 to the Warriors. That happened at Suncorp Stadium uh, at 6 o'clock on Friday. Uh, the Broncos, they were able to get the job done against the Cowboys, 37 points to 18. The Knights, uh, they had a great win against the Raiders, which will give them a lot of confidence in this fight for the top eight. 34-24 winners, uh, they uh, ran out at uh, Suncorp. Also at Suncorp on uh, Sunday was the Storm versus the Panthers. Obviously an understrength Panthers team coming up against the juggernaut that is the Storm. 37-10 that game finished. Another uh, attacking display from the Rabbitohs this week. Uh, 50 points to 14, they defeated the Dragons up at Suncorp on Sunday night. And an unusual thing for Rugby League in uh, this year is Monday football. We actually, because of the situation, had two games bumped to Monday. Um, the first one of those was the Titans getting a 34-6 win over the Bulldogs. And the second of those games was the Seagulls continuing their charge for a possible top four spot with a 40-22 win over the Sharks. So now if we have a look at the NRL ladder after round 20, this all pans out and gives us an outright leader with the Melbourne Storm on 36 points. Uh, in second, we had the Panthers on 34, also on 34 of the Rabbitohs. So the only thing keeping the Panthers in second position is their superior for and against. We are now starting to see a gap develop between the third place and the fourth place with the Eels on 28 points. So they're six behind the Rabbitohs there in fourth is, spot. Is, guys, can we can we draw a line through that top three and say that's... Because, look, all, the games, the, are gonna end, all, the, all yeah. the games are going to end up in, in Queensland, right? Are they going to be the top three? Yeah. I can't yeah. see any other team getting in there. I reckon you could just about... Tick off the storm as the um, oh minor premise. Oh yeah, no, they've got it. And and you know, yeah, we'll, we'll talk about it in a moment. But um, given the the current COVID situation, the difference between second and third is um, less significant than it has been in other years. So really, the 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 um, the big talking point here in the top four is that fight for fourth position. At the moment, as I said, it's it's occupied it's by the it's it, it massive. Is. It's occupied by the Eels. They're in um, fourth position on 28. But so are the Roosters. Now, the Roosters are also on 28 and fifth position. Uh, their points differential is... Uh, they're 23 behind the um, the Parramatta Eels. So that was a big win for them to get over the Eels, and it's really a push for the top four position. In sixth position, only two points behind Parramatta can and I, the Roosters is Manly, so they're Graham? right in the mix as well. Can I add something, Graham? Sorry, go for I know it. we don't. I know we don't advocate betting, but if you want to look at the numbers, um, the numbers if you to for preferred top four, Roosters first, Manly second, Eels third. In regards to in regards to what your dividends could return 
if you um, if you were to put a bet on that fourth place. So mm. it goes it's to a show three way race between those. It's three a three teams. way race, but they but, but you know, and I think look, I, I think we'd all agree in that three way race. I put the eels at the bottom. Yes, and we talked about that. If you haven't listened scored, to it already, they scored a duck egg the other day. Yeah, if you, if you haven't but already listened a... to it, last week's podcast, we went into it, Griffo, and we talked about how the Eels probably have the toughest run home out of anyone. Yeah. That that game last week was a 56-point turnaround, you know, yeah. with um, the, the Roosters going plus 28 on the for and against and, mm. and the Eels going minus 28. So, um, it's... There's not I don't much actually, I just can't I just 40, can't believe sorry 43 the, points is the difference I think I said 23 before it's 43 I just can't believe with a with a depleted and you know I think I think I'm not being unfair when I say this it's a depleted roosters team oh, yeah sure. they couldn't get they got a duck egg they couldn't get a point but but if I was Brad Arthur I'd send down and say hey hey son right boy you listening to me you love your dad? Kick a field goal. I think I think Brad Arthur, Brad Arthur put on. a put a um it was put a, a request a into the NRL to see if he could have his um his son swapped with Nathan Cleary and Ivan's are uh, not not keen on it. But no, the, no, the thing well, with the Roosters you know is the the thing to take out of that what you're saying, Shane, is if the Roosters were full strength, <sighs> mate. Anyone look. Far out, it, it, mate. It was. It's a mixture of Put two. Put Kiri it's, in that team. Like... It's a mixture of two. And and look, we said that. Do you know? And you know that their injuries really have hurt, hurt their chances. The thing is, this week the Eels play South Sydney, who and everything's being made of their defence South, and rightly so. They've been belted by fifty twice and and fourteen points by the. By the dragon scored against them. They they, they have no points putting points on. Yeah, and, the, and that's where that's where I they'll think score fifty week, but concede twenty. And and that's and you know I, I that's that's the old adage of the two thousand and three Panthers side. You know, I remember I think it was John Lang was asked, oh you know what do you, what what issues you know you got a few issues with your defence and he goes mate as long as our attack wins by one we win, you know and it's like that's so true. And I, I how many you let in as long as you score more. This is a massive week, and I, we'll talk yeah. about it in, the, in the, the future. But the, when you look at the table, um, yeah. look, could you top... imagine? Could you imagine three weeks ago saying that the Eels could finish sixth? All right, look, as I said, we went through That's their, their run home. It is turnaround. tough. It is it's tough. A big turnaround. I I actually think, based on this, just giving a bit of opinion before I give the rest of the the facts with the ladder. I think that, um, you know, it's a bit of a shootout between the Seagulls and the Roosters yeah. uh, to see who gets fourth spot. And really, that's that second bite of the cherry. Because when we look at the ladder, as I said, the Seagulls are on 26 in sixth. There's a big gap back to seventh. So you'd have yeah, to say the no, top that's... six teams are safe. Seventh through to 11th are all on 18 points. So the only thing that really separates these teams that I'm going to go through now is for and against. So all of these teams are on 18 points. We have the 7th place Titans, the 8th place Sharks, the 9th place Raiders, the 10th place Dragons, and the 11th place Knights. They're all on 18. You've then got a four-point gap to the Warriors and Tigers and Cowboys who are all on 14. Broncos 12, 
Bulldog 6. So really what we're seeing now is basically you've got six teams fighting for the bottom two spots in the eight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you've probably got three teams in the Eels, Roosters, and Seagulls fighting for a top four spot to have a second bite of the cherry. Now, we talk about different positions in the ladder this year. It's going to be very different this year. Uh, well, Griffo, I'll ask you. At the moment, the Penrith Panthers are coming second. There's a lot of pressure on them from South Sydney to lose that second position, and they may slip down to third. There's a big game between the two coming up in a couple of weeks. However, this year it's a bit different because that home ground advantage isn't really worth what it was in previous years because regardless of who comes second, whether it be the Panthers or Rabbitohs, the game's probably going to happen in Queensland. Yeah, there is no home ground. Um, uh, There might be a home ground perhaps uh, for the Titans. It might come into play It won't be a home ground then because they're going to run seventh or eighth. Um, so uh, it might be a home state Um, uh, you'd think if someone's playing the Titans they might Mm. want not to play on the goal not that it to be honest I don't think it matters I can't Um, see them getting into a position whoever teams 5 or 6 are um, you'd expect they're going to beat 7 and 8 there might be a question mark on on the Eels uh uh, maybe we're we're talking the eels down too much, um, but based on the evidence of the last, uh, you know, say three or four weeks, they're just not up to the the level of of those top three sides. They are way below the roosters, as we saw last week. And if yeah. Manly was playing para, I think it might be quite a large Eagles victory. Um, so I think, yeah, you know, I think Para they're going to be either well, five or six is where what they're looking at. They've got a terrible draw. They play all the top sides, and um, you'd have to think they're going to struggle uh, to beat any of them. They might jag a win. Uh, I think they play one of the lower ranked teams as well. Yeah. But- yeah, they, um, they play the Cowboys in that run. Just okay. to give everyone a reminder of what we're talking about, if you didn't catch our episode last week, they play South Sydney this week. They play Manly the week after. The game we're talking about where they should get two points is the Cowboys in round 23, but their last two games of the season are coming up against one and two, the Storm in round 24, the Panthers in round yeah. 25. That's the Graham, toughest run you can get if you ask me. Graham, can, I, can I offer this? Maybe that's why they're, they're, they are where they are, because they haven't played anyone yet. Do you think it's sort of a bit of a, so, an inf- so their, think, their position's inflated based on it's their... It's hyperinflated yeah. By, yeah. by who they've played. Yeah. And it was, it was very clear. I think we might have actually mentioned this at the start of the year, that they've got a pretty, they had a pretty good draw. And, and their position on the ladder proved that. It shows but, that their winning ways couldn't generate momentum because... They've, they've 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 really shown massive amounts of inconsistency. Early in the year, I've got to say they were better than what they are now. They did beat the Melbourne. Yeah, State. that's yeah, that's fair call. Yeah. Um, they're not going as well now as what they were at the start of the year. We've we've seen this with this club over a few seasons now that their best football is played yeah, in the first yeah. half of the year, 
and then it tapers off. And then come the big games against the big sides, they just haven't been able to match them. Now, that's history. That's what we've seen. The challenge for that club is to change that perception and make a new reality for themselves by actually starting to beat some of these high-quality sides at the right time of the year. And I dare say it might be a good time to start for them this week. Um, but, you know, uh, they are up against one of the great heavyweights in the uh, rabbit holes. We'll talk about that game later, but it's a challenge. And, and I don't know if this side's up to that challenge. Yeah. yeah Can I put challenge. it out there? I, I, when, they, when, when they played the Raiders and watching that game, I went, this team's in trouble. Running into the finals, this team is in absolute peril. Mm. Yeah, and you got to be. Think it's, you got to be in top I think, form this time of year. I think it's just you know on the weekend we saw okay Penrith lost. Penrith, Penrith are down troops and they still played good football. No, no, Cleary wasn't happy Not with much. their performance. I know Cleary wasn't happy with their performance. I wasn't happy with their performance. Yeah, look at who you look at you had in the field. A lot of the a lot of the garbage that happened wouldn't happen with the right players on the field, and I think that you know when you got injuries, it's a domino effect, and I think that the domino effect hit Penrith last week. So last week's game, I'm not even remotely thinking about for Penrith. You've got you've got the Storm who beat Penrith com- comprehensively. You got South Sydney who had Latrell Mitchell just took the game by the scruff of the neck. And what you forget with South Sydney is they had something like seven starters out. They had yeah. seven people injured. Now, seven out and they put 50 on a side, that's a big effort. Yeah. Oh, it was. But it shows. I'm not saying that because of my allegiance. Yeah. What I'm trying to do is I'm just trying to paint the picture here. of When you look at the clubs that are sitting around, you look at what, what Manly are doing at the moment. They were, they were awesome. Dvojevic was outstanding. You look at the you look at the and 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 the roosters were phenomenal again. I'm going to add one to that. To a duck egg, and you it, look at you look at the team circling around Parramatta. Parramatta aren't even in the picture. Parramatta, I think the thing with Parramatta is um, a lot of these other clubs know how to build towards the end of the season, and a lot of these top clubs with experienced coaches like your Melbourne, your South, even Penrith, when they've got everyone on deck. And the Roosters as well, Manly were seeing to a lesser extent, they're building and they're playing their best football at the back end of the season. We may have seen Parramatta go a bit too hard too early and they're, they're not really um, progressing and the other teams are leaving you, them behind. You know what I will say about Parramatta? I reckon their off-season or pre-season training is some of the best in the competition because they do hit the ground running in their defence. The problem is when all the other teams catch up, they don't have that punch. They don't have that. They don't have that. They don't have that next level. It's like they play at the same level from round one, and every other team builds to the end to the finals. They've got the same level from round one, and they plateau, and then and they just get caught short. I, I look, Clint Gutherson, yeah, love him. Moses, I've always said the jury's out. They've got some good players. 
they need someone that can just elevate the game. They need a Cleary. They need a Mitchell. They need they need a, a monster. A turbo. A turbo. A turbo. You, look at the play, you look at these half guys a turbo. around like, Half know, a turbo. Half a turbo. To a lesser it. extent, you look at the impact that Bradman Best had on the Knights last week. Yeah, yeah. They need something. They need this something. And mm. the problem is, the problem is, is they just, they've got, they've got probably five players who are, who, who would step into another club and, and find their way to the starting lineup. Yeah. That's not enough to be a top four side. Yeah. Well, look, it, 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 it's definitely something that they're aiming for. It's going to be a tough ask. Um, so it's definitely, if you're a Parramatta fan, we're not, we're not necessarily writing your team off. We're just trying to put in perspective just how tough it is and just how Probably much. Sounds it like we are though. Uh, yeah. Look, uh, 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 the yeah, way I want to frame it, it's an amazing, if, if Parramatta make this four, it's an amazing achievement. I don't think NRL fans should be sitting there expecting the team that's in fourth at the moment to hold that position. If they finish in the top four, then they deserve all the credit they get because it's a Gray, tough run for them. Gray, how many years have we been doing this podcast? Three? Uh, three. Three now? We're in our third year. How many years have we been talking four weeks out, five weeks out from the finals, Parramatta choking, getting into the finals, like, and, and then buggering it up when they get there? But they don't... Oh, I, look, I'll be honest with you. I don't think they've got... The personnel, nor the. I agree. I agree. They yeah. don't have the personnel. And, and look, I think... and to be honest with you, it's a sixteen-team competition at the moment. There's, there are twelve teams that want their spot. Yeah, hundred percent. So, look, to be honest with you, if you're a Parramatta fan, your team's made the eight. If they make the top four, then they're a contender because they're going to have to beat the other contenders to get there. That's 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 yeah. That's that's pretty much how I'm framing it. So, look, they may do it. You never know. Uh, okay. If they do, are it'll we be at the huge. Point, look for our para fans. Are we at the point where Parramatta need to start drawing a line in the sand and saying, right, what are we paying our players? Because remember, Gutherson was the next big thing for Parramatta. He was going to solve all the problems. And and mm. it, it, it's. You know, like, I, I think is it time for Parramatta to start looking at who, what they're paying their players and saying to some of them, look, we need more value out of you. I think it's, it's, it's a perspective thing because for a lot of clubs, they'd be stoked to finish in the top four every year. And I think the, the, the thing that goes against Parramatta is the fact they haven't won a premiership since 1986. So the pressure is on that from was previous not your, generations. Your lifetime, was it, Graham? I was born in 1987. The okay, Parramatta Eels it. have not won a premiership in the time that I'm alive. And you look at it, I'm 34. Like, it's not like... It's, well, it's, 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 it's amazing. 4-6 against Canterbury? 4-6? The, oh, it was a low score. 4-6, I think. Yeah, yeah. The, the uh, point I'm making is... I'm not is, sure about that one. It might have been... I think one of the Bulldogs' wins was like a 4-2. Um, yeah. I'm not sure of the score on that. That was I know they beat... in a Ray Price's last game. I know they beat the Bulldogs beat South Sydney something in the order of twenty two nil in the prelim because I was there at the SCG at the six year old sitting on the fence. 
Yeah, look, we can we can analyse until the cows come home. They could come out and beat South this week, and our conversation's totally different. You never it know. Could. So it's possible. It's something. But you keep... know what? I'd be happy with because they they deserve to show to their fans that they're not just a top four side, but they can compete as a top four side. Yeah, but the, yeah, it's. It, I think it is hard. And look, you guys might not agree with me, but I think that part of the pressure that's being put on the Eels is from the failure of past generations. The early 2000s, the teams in the 90s, Parramatta has a long history of being that team that's there or thereabouts but never wins the big one. And, um, yeah, when we look at their current squad and where they are on the table and where they might finish, like, for me, when I look at their squad and how they're performing, they're a top six team. And that's it. A top six team? You're right. Yeah. So not a top fourteen. No, and I don't think they'll make the four. But you know, that's just my opinion. It could all change. You never know. Um, look, what we really want to want to get into are some of the facts, and the man who's got all the facts is Shano. So we might head over to Shane for Shano's tidbits. Well, I think one of the key things to talk about coming out of the last weekend was when everyone woke up Saturday morning and I, I threw it out there, fellas. I said, it doesn't look like rugby league will be played today. And it was right. The snap lockdown in Brisbane caused the NRL to shut down for a day. Um, thank God Peter Volandis was able to fix things up and get us running on Sunday. Um, it did. It did cause a lot of angst. And it has opened a window for uh, Melbourne to start thinking about hosting uh, the grand final should New South Wales and Queensland not be able to do it. Um, look, in the, in the back rooms, it, it, did, it did pose a lot of questions about the bubble. It, did, it, it threw things into disarray. Um, one of the key questions, like I said, was why have a bubble if this kind of thing can't happen? From what we understand is that um, they couldn't trace exactly what was going on with COVID at that point in time and couldn't guarantee that the situations around it. The people I feel sorry for is the people of Rockhampton who are ready for a game and didn't get it. Oh, yeah. They need to get they need to get an NRL game back there in ASAP um, to 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 uh, to help those people. And that's not down to the NRL, that's down to the Queensland government. So I think now, I think what we've got to remember in all this, and and I and you know, I'm not. It's not because I'm New South Wales or anything like that. Is that this has cost the NRL millions to send it up there, and the beneficiaries of this is 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 Queensland charging the NRL for all this. So I know there was a few issues with putting certain COVID breaches jeopardy, and I don't want to do that. But someone who's in lockdown right now and stays in lockdown. Uh, who got fully vaccinated? I fully understand the the, the issues around it, but um, a bubble was created for the purpose of this. That regardless of what happens, games go ahead, and I'm glad that the games ended up going going ahead because otherwise it gave absolutely no credence to the bubble um, on behalf of Queensland Health, uh, which really, in my opinion, questioned why the hell we're in. in in Queensland, why not another state that could that could suitably fix it? But anyway, we did play football and everything's hunky dory again. That was the main again. thing to get the footy on. Yeah, footy's back on and everything's hunky dory again. Uh, Tavita Pangai Jr. 
It will be a Panther this week. He has moved to the Penrith Panthers, uh, prompting a lot of backlash on social media, talking about, well, you're happy to get Pangai Jr., but you wouldn't let Burton go. Look, I think that it's a welcome addition for Penrith, who when you look at their club this week and their squad this week, again, a light on. There are rumblings around that Cleary could be a late inclusion. He is Buckley's mm. to none. He will not play. Oh, really? It's it's just a – they're just throwing it out there. like It's basically to take the focus away from the team they will be fielding and – and they want to. They want to be. They want Pankai Junior. not to have to face a lot of media. Um, the fact they've named Cleary. Uh, what my mail is the fact they've named Cleary is just to take a lot of focus away from from them and, and what's going on. So, um, so yeah. And I think look, I think a lot of the other tidbits are going to be uh, talked about when we discuss teams and whatnot. The World Cup, of course, that Australia and New Zealand not sending teams. Um, I thought about this long and hard because basically if they're not sending teams, I doubt. So Tommy Turbo. Yeah, so you're not going to see Tommy Turbo playing for Serbia anytime soon, but it did get me thinking, um, is this the perfect opportunity? Okay, not to have a World Cup, and I'm not saying they should have one without Australia or New Zealand. They're the two mainstays. But is this an opportunity to have a, a, a global rugby league round robin or anything competition, which doesn't include two heavyweights? It doesn't include NRL's players where they can actually get a litmus test on how teams from around the globe could go, where, where mm. teams where they could have a European competition or they could have a European South and South uh, North American competition where they get teams to come together, you know, that that aren't Australia and New Zealand and don't involve Australia and New Zealand players because no team's going to let their players go, but does allow these these countries to get together and, and play and play a rugby league competition, whether it's a round robin or whether it's a whether it's a you know a a, a NATO Cup. Um, I, I don't know, like whether it's something that they can they can really get together and say. And not waste the opportunity. Like the, the, the infrastructure, everything's there to host it. And, and and look, they have the vaccination rates. They have everything that allows them to run it in England. And other and then and then on on another note, other countries have what they need to let that allows them to go to England and play it. Australia and New Zealand are in slightly different categories. And they won't be there. I still think there's ample and a very. Should there be a World Cup? No, I'm not saying there should be, but I think that, I think they still could run a competition that's not only valid, but really allows these countries to come up against opposition and play football. I don't know. You, you guys know. I I've always said. Uh, yeah. Rugby league, rugby league as a strong global game benefits the NRL because we see the best of other countries come to our to come to our shores and play rugby league. Now um, in recent times we've seen people like the Burgess brothers. We've seen Gareth Widdop. We've seen, you know, we've Bateman. seen people come 
we've seen people come from Fiji, um, you know, uh, Sammy Rad Radra absolutely tore it to bits. I think that when we've got a strong global competition, it helps the NRL. I, whilst the, whilst the World Cup might be in jeopardy, I still think there should be some sort of competition play. The, the hard... European Cup, Shano. Yeah, yeah something, something that I gives it some validity. I think something like that would give it more validity and, because and I worry what? about I if throwing... they run it as the World okay. Cup, they'll whoever wins, and, they'll say, well, yeah, Australia and New Zealand weren't there, so it's, and, it's and not in, valid. And I, I don't want it to make it a best of the rest. That's you what know, it'll feel like, though, if it, they don't call name it, it what right. It is, call it what it is because you know, get, get America involved. Get mm. yeah, even if Even if it's a... Almost like, um, you know, it, I think you know, the, it's unfair calling it best of the rest, but to say you guys still hold a competition that shows off what you can do because I I don't know if this would – I don't know if this could be postponed by 12 months and still happen. And, um, I, yeah, I – I, th- I think something should take place, but uh, the World Cup as it sits right now, probably not. Mm. Yeah, as I said, it's hard. If you if you are going to run something, I think the main thing to keep in mind is you don't want to, as you said, make it a, a best of the rest. I feel like if they still run the World Cup, whoever wins it, the the punters are still going to say it's a hollow victory because they wouldn't have won it if New uh, New Zealand and Australia were there. Yeah, I'm sure the team who won it won't care. <laughs> so yeah, they won't. No, they won't. No, but, yeah. I know no, they won't, but you've got to understand is the other things. Look at, yeah. the, the, the thing to keep in mind too is say England win it, the majority of rugby league fans are in Australia and New Zealand. They'll go, oh, that didn't count. Don't it's, it's hard. And I know yeah, and I know for them it doesn't matter, but in the main heartland it, where most people are talking about rugby league, it'll be as if it didn't happen. But don't, did Stephen Bradbury not accept the gold medal when everyone yeah, and, and else fell over? Yeah, America, no, that's different. That's that's in, apples and oranges in because 80, they were in, in the contest. In 80 and 84? Fell over. Olympics, 80, 84 Olympics? No people boycotted? Yeah, boycotts, yeah. I, I, yeah the problem right. is... The but problem the difference is, between... Yeah, okay. I, I was going to say, the difference between that is when you're talking about a boycott or people being injured or falling down during an event... Those athletes, it, it's a bit different in the sense that with a boycott, it's not up to the athletes. It was a political thing. I know it's similar in this case, but the athletes aren't going because it's not there's, safe. It's There's NRL players who have said they'll play for Allegiance teams if, 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 if Australia and New Zealand don't send. So there's so, NRL yeah, players who, I uh, who say... I said I'm I'm fully the vaccinated. Clubs are like, gonna let them do it, and they're though. not gonna they're not gonna yeah. let them do it. No. But at the end of the day, if you're a fully vaccinated player, and you make enough you make enough noise, hmm. I I don't know if it's I I, I think I, I don't I know if it's going point. to be a positive thing in building the game. When no, I think a lot divisive. of the punters, yeah, it's going to be divisive, you know. Yeah, mm. that's that's my concern. I, I think what the NRL should have done right from the start is work on a plan that allows their players to travel the best they can. And that plan would have been to, you know, if, if, a, school in, if a school in Sydney 
can access Pfizer vaccines, surely the NRL could have figured it out. I think that school might have a better budget, though, than the NRL, to be honest with you. But it, it, makes, <laughs> just... no, but it, but it makes a good point. Like, you know, at the end of the day, it's Australia and New Zealand saying they're not going. It's not that the World Cup's getting canned. It's that no. two countries have said we're not going. Now, yeah. at the end of the day, well, if you're England, the host country, and you want to win the World Cup, you're going, no, that's not mark, isn't it? Yes. Yeah, you're stuck in. That's but, your problem, not mine. Yeah. Well, it's like, the, you know, there's a few likenesses. One of them, I think, when um, in, during the uh, Super League war, when all of the Super League players couldn't play states of origin. It's in the yeah, record yeah. books. It's in yeah. the record books. You know, this, the, it went on. It was run and won. Who won the... Uh, who won the? Uh, but this is the thing. Who who are the premiers in 1997? Newcastle. See? That's, That's my remember. point. That is my point. Yeah, but, but exactly. People don't go, no, well, Brisbane... Brisbane won the won the Super League. Newcastle won the other. They don't count it. But in this case, Graham, Bris, in this case, Super League are Australia and New Zealand. That's what I mean. That's, that's what so, was, they're going, so that's, uh, what, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, but they're, they're, the stronger, they run, they're the stronger. They're the stronger competition. If they run a World Cup, if they run a World Cup, mm. I think really I don't think. Up. Yeah, look, I, I get what you guys are saying, but I'll be honest with you, uh, I'm not. I'm not saying it should be valued any less. If England win a World Cup, not involving Australia and New Zealand, they deserve it. They can call themselves the best in the world. I'm just talking about the water cooler, the beer at the pub. People are going to say, "Yeah, but." Well, that doesn't matter what people say, you know. But it's 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 the credibility of that team. Well, I'm not I'm not saying it's an asterisk. Well, I'm not arguing that, but in 50 years' time, when I'm not around anymore, and there's a you know you go through the history of rugby league. And you'll say, okay, 2021, they played a World Cup. Who won England? Yeah, but I don't know oh, if it does anything a... for English football. But it, my it question, a... no, it, I think it actually does a lot, sadly, because my question is this. Why aren't Australia and New Zealand going over? Well, it's, uh, I, I think the, the reason is they're worried about the players. Safety. Mm, 100%. And what, yeah. And what, how, how, how it's going to potentially impact on... The NRL in 2022. 100%. And if if every NRL player was vaccinated? Yeah, I mean, that's another discussion in regards to, you know... Well, some of them don't want to. Right, that, you know what? That's fine. You wouldn't that's get entry rugby into... League. You wouldn't get into... You wouldn't get entry into England anyway. Yeah. Yeah. But I think that... I think that right now when you're... I think a lot of the media have p- put this out as England's problem. Can, this can is I ask no you, way, shape, or form England's problem. This is Australia's problem. No, yeah, can, I ask you, can I ask you just, just very quickly, fellas, just on the back of that, would you rather the World Cup run without Australia and New Zealand or would you rather postpone it a year and be able to have everyone there? 100%. Postpone it. Have everyone mm-hmm. there. Yeah, I'd rather have everyone All there. All the best players. I think the Tokyo think, Olympics are a good example I, of that. This time I last year, if the Olympics ran, it yeah. would have it would have had a lot of questions about safety and the validity of the achievements made. Whereas I feel that that's the point I was sort of making. If we look at the Tokyo Olympics, we see that by delaying it, we we're able to get 
the all the athletes there and we're seeing a genuine competition for the best in the world i think a delaying of the competition regardless of i mean obviously england's got a vested interest they think they're a better chance of winning it i think for the overall end result worldwide and for the for the game and for the competition delaying it until everyone can be there would be the best result Good point, Graham. And and um, I think the difference there is everyone made a commitment to 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 delaying the Olympics. England have asked for a commitment from all countries that if we delayed it for a year, you'd turn up. No commitments being made. So that's the that's the difference. Where in the Tokyo Olympics there was the IOC and, and look, it, you know and. The IOC had a commitment from countries that if we delayed it a year, you'd turn up with your best team, you'd show up and, and we'd have the Olympics proper. The problem is no one can give England that guarantee. I'd be giving them that guarantee tomorrow. I'd be saying, look, just give us 12 months. What's the our worst country's getting, vac- oh, our country's getting vaccinated. Give us 12 months. The problem is... The ARL and New Zealand Rugby League aren't prepared to give them that guarantee. At I don't moment. know why. I think they've got. I think Shane at the moment that's one hundred percent on the back burner. Mm, I agree. For, I agree. for the administration at the moment, yeah, I agree. They're, they're all they've about got, getting this. They've got to get a competition get running, and that's why. Yeah, and that's one hundred percent. And I think the problem is, you know, that 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 bodes very little for England, who are saying, well. We've got a major competition coming up. All we need is a yes or no. And that's why I'm thinking, look, have something, delay it and then delay it, delay it, but have something. Because if at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we don't have a, a World Cup, well, then at least something's taken place. I, yeah. I, and that all comes down to dollars, Shane. 100%. Hundred percent does. Like the the British government were prepared, I think, to put in something like I don't know if it was twenty five million dollars or twenty five million pounds, um, for the World Cup. Mm. Um, Now they're not going to spend that money on a Mickey Mouse competition. No, that's true. That's Um, very true. You know, and uh, yeah, whether they're going to spend any money at all, you know, like that's that's the biggest factor is is dollars and cents. Guys, I can't. I can't see any other. I can't see any other situation for England than they're going to host. We all want to see international rugby league. hundred percent. And we love international rugby league. And I, for one, I want to see it a proper competition in twenty twenty two. Yeah, all the I best players. I'm with you. All the all the best yeah. countries. I'm with yeah. you. I don't. Yeah. I don't. Yeah. I, I. I'm with you. And I think, as I said, if they want to look at a model, and <laughs> the Olympics has shown us that that's the way to go. The hard thing is for everyone is that they don't have a crystal ball. And if we had no a crystal does. ball and we knew what was going to happen, I mean, you guys made a good point. It's hard enough getting the NRL on every week and keeping everyone safe in that regard. So, um, yeah, we can understand why that's all on. The uh the back burner, Shano. Thank you so much for the tidbits this week. As always, keeping his ear to the ground and plenty going on. Uh, we've also got Griffo keeping his eye on things whilst uh Shane's got his ear to the ground, and we might see what Griffo's got for Griffo's grab. 
What you got for us, mate? One word, turbo. Jeez, good. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Look, uh, he is a phenomenon. Um, he, I'll, I'll just go through the stats from uh, Monday night's game. Uh, and I, I was switching him. I was, I was uh, changing channels between uh, that game and uh, I think it was the Matildas were playing in, in soccer slash football. Um, mm-hmm. And I started watching the uh, the game, and and Manly were doing it pretty easy. They got off to a I don't know, it might be sixteen nil. I thought they're going to go you know big here, so I thought I'll I'll turn it on to uh, the Olympic games. Um, and when I came back, I think it was like something like sixteen ten. I turned it back, and then and then Manly start scoring again. Uh, and at front and center was was Tom Turbo Trebojevic, uh, 227 running meters, three line breaks, four line break assists, three tries, three try assists, four offloads. Um, this vein of form is something we've not seen from an individual uh, since the Hain plane uh, was flying. Um, I think this is even better than, than what we saw from, and, and, you know, that's not disrespecting what Jared Hain done. It was phenomenal in getting his team uh, all the way to the grand final back in, I think it was 2009. Um, Tommy Turbo uh, could rocket his side to the grand final with what he does. He's not a one-man band by any stretch, but he has, he's just carving up everyone. Um, two exceptions to that. Uh, there was a day where they got beat by the Knights up in Newcastle with Turbo there, uh, and a day where they got beat by the Panthers out at Bathurst, I think that game was. Um and again, Turbo was there. Um, but those two teams have really been the only two teams that have been able to control Tommy Turbo. Queensland couldn't do it. Um, you, you might say they did it in the third game, but I, I dare say that the service he got in that game was nothing like the service he was getting in games one and two. Um, he was not seeing the ball. And, and it takes me back to the fact that had Tommy Turbo... Um, being a little more greedy when he when he made that last line break and instead of passing, if he had it gone himself, um, New South Wales probably would have gone on and won that game. They would have been in front with not long to go. So um, this guy's a phenomenon. Uh, it's a freak. You can't say where he's going to go in the future with his game, but he's on track. He's on track to be an all-time great, something like we've never seen before. And um, I would say at the moment, he is the number one player in the NRL, in World Rugby League. No one can do every week what he does. And I think, you know, uh, Luttrell has been magnificent, Um for what he's doing with South Sydney. He's a phenomenon as well. 
these two guys, they're taking rugby league to a, to an absolute new level. Um, and uh, it's so good that they wear number three and number four for the Blues. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Turbo's yeah. game last week, um, was it his best game of the year? I don't know because there's so many. He's had so many 10 out of 10s. It was a 10 out of 10. Um, this guy who missed a lot of the season, he'll take out the Dally M if he stays fit for, for the remaining rounds. He's, he's just, mm. he's man of the match virtually every week that he, 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 he takes a spot in the Seagulls, Seagulls side. And I know he's, he's missed a few games, some through injury at the start of the year and others where Manly have rested him. But uh, he's just amazing. He grabbed my eye on Monday night. It's interesting, Griffo, in, in sort of getting the tidbits and stuff, I, I go through various um, forums and whatnot. And I was on the Manly forum and someone made a very, uh, on well, a Manly forum, well, someone made a very good point that, that is Trevojevic better than Brett Stewart? And I think that, oh yeah, if, if I was in a lineup and you know, now me and you are captains of a team and, and Brett Stewart's there and Trevojevic. I'm picking Trevojevic every day of the week. But, and that's saying something. Like, you, know, you look at what Brett Stewart did in his career and the accolades that he won. I know he, it, it was, I know it was a bit tumultuous at times and, and there was a few issues. But as a player and player on the pitch, you know, he, he was outstanding. And then you're saying Trevojevic, and I, I think Trevojevic is better. That just goes to show this guy's got the sky's the limit for this guy. No, he's, he's the best there is at the moment. Yeah, it, it, it's it's unbelievable, and also to think that we're a month out from finals. To think of some of the superb finals performances that he could put together, um, it's it's absolutely unbelievable. And you know, we'll get to the previews in a moment, but the fact that the the Seagulls get to play the Storm this week. He really gets to uh, to show his class against the best of the best. Big game. Massive game. All right. Well, we're going to, as we always do, move from the uh, the highs of Rugby League to the lows of Rugby League. And, um, There's a few of those. There are a few. I think, the, I think the listeners will be surprised what got the gaff this week, but it's ah. time for Graham's gaff. All right, so this week, um, yeah, a bit controversial. I wanted to go a bit left field because I think a lot of people that listen... Look, the people that listen to our show, they're the real rugby league fans. They're watching every game every week. They've seen uh, the gaff contenders. Um, They've seen short dropouts that bugger up and turn into tries for the other team. They're seeing all these sorts of things. I'm going very left field this week, and I'm going to bring up something that some of our listeners may not have seen. And that's because it happened in the uh, English Super League. Now, the uh, the gaff I want to bring up was in the game between Lee and Wigan on the weekend. And it involved uh, Lee player Jack Ashworth and uh, Brad Singleton from Wigan. And if you haven't seen this, throw it into your Google machine because it's fair dinkum worth seeing. Um, sh- short way of putting it, it was a good old-fashioned stink. You had uh, a bit of push and shove in the play. The ball that turned into a pretty decent punch-up. Um, both players got sent off the field. Now, a lot of you might be thinking, oh, geez, that should have got Griffo's grab. 
I'm calling it Graham's gaff because there's a lot of implications for this type of thing happening in our game. Now, obviously, we don't want to see the focus uh, of the rugby league put towards two blokes punching the um, or the daylights out of each other. We'd rather be focusing on things like Griffo's grab with uh, Tom Trebojevic. I just want to get the uh, input of you guys. I don't know if you have had a chance to see this. It was it was a good stink, but just it was keep... a great stink. It was an all in. But keeping in keeping in mind what we've talked about uh, just just there previously in the show, where we've got you know a country like England, who if the World Cup goes ahead, uh, they're the favourites. There's a lot of focus on rugby league in England. Is this one of those things where we've got to be concerned about? the look this has, especially uh, within England and um, people who may not be 100% familiar with the game, obviously. We know that, that soccer is the number one sport over there. When, you, when you're in England, football means soccer. Is this one of those situations where we've got to stamp this out of the game, not only in the NRL we've worked hard, but also when you look at the English Super League in a market where rugby league needs as much positive promotion as possible? Yeah, oh, look, I think it's just on them one-offs. I, 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 you know, like there's a there's a bit of talk around this week that players aren't happy with with the with the way things are going. So you know, there's a bit of a protest. If if something annoys them, they're going to punch on. I, I don't think there's much validity to it. Um, <laughs> but in saying that, look, it, it was a good stink. It was a good old school stink, but. Um, you know, I, I think NRL has has benefited from it, but we've seen, you know, like you, you're only one brain snap away from seeing it in the NRL too. It was a brain snap. And once that brain snap happens, it's it's open slather for everyone to come in and protect their player. And I, I think that um, whilst, yeah, it's an ugly look, it's a one-off. I, I don't think the Super League has much to worry about um, it was a frustrating situation. You know, they were getting frustrated and, and things boiled over for about uh, a minute. But, yeah, it's, you know, it's the only time it becomes, an, you know, it, the only time it really has, you know, it's just, it's just got to, yeah, they've just got to, you know, curb their anger, uh, cool it down. And um, but I don't think it's going to. I don't think it's going to affect the much it was uh, dealt with on the field, um, dealt with by the judiciary. Like I said, we've seen things like this happen. You know, a spark like this could happen in the NRL. It's it's about individual players being taught. You're going to ruin your chance of playing a full match if you want to be an idiot. So just calm down. Has this highlighted the good job that the NRL has done in trying to stamp this stuff out? Because it's not something we see often in the NRL. Yeah. Would you agree with that, Griffo? Is 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 a punch up in the NRL a thing of the past for the most I part? Think, uh, no, it's uh, it's not something you see. Even though you know we see a lot of people provoked to. And I think even Tyson Gamble. I sort of read somewhere earlier in the week where. He sort of made a statement, say, "Well, you know, I know, um, you know, there's a lot of guys after me, but uh, you know, I can't. They can't hit me." So he sort of carries on, uh, knowing mm. that no one's 
you know, no one's going to actually hit him. Yeah. Um, so he feels he's got a license to to, to basically uh, do what he likes. Um, and that I don't think that's a good thing, by the way. No. Uh, that you know, no, it's not. he feels that way, and 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 then he he uses that to provoke opponents, um, knowing that they can't really do anything. Almost um, a license to be a pest. Yeah, and that yeah. frustrates me a little bit. I uh, think there's got to be some, you know, yeah. some sort of balance there. That if a referee or if there's evidence of that sort of thing, all right, mate, you're going to the bin. Yeah, mm. you can't do that. Like, well, yeah. I think was yeah, it in the Super League someone. where I, I think it was in the Super League where uh, a player grabbed another player's wheels and. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and, and 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 you know Should rightly not. so he got his wheels grabbed and and rightly so he came out swinging and and thankfully went back to replay and they said right you instigated it you're gone and well, I, thought, I think that, Kenny Edwards was, I think yeah. a few weeks ago he, he did hopper watches brought that back he brought the hopper he did hop he did bring the hopper back oh goodness I don't and know, you know and that's the thing like that were for like, Kenny Edwards but that's and 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 I agree with you, Griff. That's the that's the trade-off. Is that are there players doing stuff off camera and off field, off play? That's just wrong. In days gone by, they would have got their head punched in. They would have, and they don't have that now. Mm. I think I think what I'd like to see is that there's you know so many bloody cameras on the field. I think if you instigate something and it's totally wrong. You're at fault. Because well, I'm look, telling you now, if someone if someone was in, if you're in a tackle and someone's squeezed and twisted your jets, crackers, you have every right to come up to him. Well, look, if they can somehow find a knock-on in that Cole felt no try the other day, surely they can see this other yeah, stuff that's going on. Yeah, 100%. They can see, you know. That was a stitch-up. They can see a people on the marsh of Mars, but they can't, yeah. you know. They, they, they see what they want to see, don't see what they And I think that, yeah, if you run in your mouth and then finally someone got jack of it, yeah, if you if you do something poor to evoke another player, you should be called out every day of the week. Yeah, like don't, don't leave it up to like the players to no, take it into their own hands. No, that's what we don't want to see. We don't want to see punch-ons, and we don't want to see players feel like they have to. But likewise, when, when you know someone does the hopawadi on someone, the referee's got you know his hands near his eyes pretending not to see it. It's like, well, come yeah. on, champ. There's, there's 50 billion camera angles on here. Surely you can pick it up. Oi, you. Because how many, and we saw it on the weekend. Bloody people put on report five tackles later. Oi, yeah. you. Yeah, yeah they yep. back. Yeah, yep. Are you a proctologist? No, well, you're off. Yeah. Uh, How's, has he got a prostate problem? Oh, I wouldn't know. You're off. Bye. See you later. Tell your story walking, pal. Definitely up for discussion. Um, but, uh, look, the main thing we want to keep up for discussion this week would have to be the NRL games heading into round 21. So we might as well get into the footy and see who's playing who this week. All right, that's the whistle and kickoff for round 21 previews. And the first game we're going to see will happen on Thursday night. As we know, all the games this week are going to happen up in Queensland. Uh, on Thursday night, we see the 11th place Knights taking on the 15th placed Broncos. Uh, for Newcastle, they returned to form last week. 
uh, with a win, which was great for them to see. And we're also hearing some more good news for the Newcastle Knights with Mitchell Pearce um, saying yesterday, uh, the quote is, unless something drastic happens, uh, he should be good to go for their clash this week. So Pierce's return would shift uh, Phoenix Crossland to the reserves, whilst Jaden Braley has been rested with Chris Randall called into the starting side. Uh, we also see Connor Watson again being named to start at lock with Suasu Su on the bench. Uh, they may well swap on game day. We saw that happen last week. For the Broncos, uh, Kevin Walters has said that Albert Kelly will come onto the bench and is likely to uh, take on the backup hooker duties this week. Uh, we know that Rabati is the hot tip to drop out of the 17. Uh, Danny Levi, he was successful at the NRL Judiciary last night, so that was on Tuesday, to beat a dangerous contact, uh, contact charge. But interestingly enough, he was never going to miss any game time regardless of the outcome. So probably a, a sign for NRL players that it's worth challenging some of these uh, charges where... They would often take the early guilty plea and the carryover points. So a uh, good result for Danny Levi walking out without a charge and uh, no carryovers. Uh, so Levi is going to replace Turpin, who's got an ankle injury at hooker. And um, Jesse Arthurs is going to come in for Katoni Staggs, which is a massive blow for the Brisbane Broncos. Uh, please keep in mind, we talk about this every week, but there's plenty of experience on the reserves list for... Uh, for the Broncos, you've got Coates, Milford, and Mead waiting there for a recall. One thing we haven't mentioned yet is that Anthony Milford is Rabbitohs bound next year. But before that happens, Griffo, uh, the main challenge for the Broncos is going to be the Newcastle Knights. I mentioned earlier that with the addition of Bradman Best, uh, the, the Knights were phenomenal last week. He's a great talent. With Mitchell Pearce back in the side, I've been alluding to this over the past couple of weeks, they're starting to get back to their core main team. And uh, really, it's up to the players now because with everyone on deck, they'd be expecting to get a win this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they've got everything to play for. They've got a potential top eight place. Um, they're level on points, on 18 points. They're one of those five teams fighting out for the two, bottom two places in the eight. Uh, Roster-wise, as you mentioned, they're, they're pretty close to full strength. Um, the only guys that I can think of that are there are Braley, the hooker, mm -hmm. who has played, I'm not sure if he's played every game this year, but I think he might have. He missed most of last year, and he's made a difference to that side. Uh, Chris Randall there in number nine, he played a lot last year when... Uh, when you couldn't find a hooker in, in Newcastle, as we talked about a few times. So, um, you know, that was a bit unfortunate for the Nova Castrians. Um, the other guy who we've not seen all year is Edric Lee. I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, was it a Liz Frank or I don't know what, I think it was something to do with his foot, but so, you know, is it an amputation or I, I've just not <laughs> seen it. Like, um, but yeah, like he was, he was good last year, and he, he made, of course, he, he played in the uh, the winning uh, Origin side for Queensland in that last game. Um, Edric Lee, so he's, he's been out all year. Um, but it's it's a strong lineup. The only th problem for Newcastle is the is their own inconsistency. Um, there's no excuses 
no excuses if they don't win this game. Um, they came back to form last week. I did not tip them from memory. Uh, I thought the Raiders would continue on their winning run, but um, they came into a team that played better than them. Uh, it's it's a quality side on paper. Um, and the Broncos, as you mentioned, their main man uh, in terms of X Factor is uh, the centre to Tony Staggs and, and he's out. Massive. So um, I just think uh, it's, it's, it's too important to the Knights not to win this game. But we've said that before with this team earlier in the year at various stages. Sometimes they just haven't aimed up. Uh, I, I'm going to tip him this week, but I'm not confident. Um, the Broncos have been playing some good football of late. Uh, again, they're, they're very inconsistent. And um, they've got, yeah, without stags, you'd have to think that their ability to score points is going to be reduced. Um, I'm going to go with Newcastle. What do you think, Shane? Oh, Graham. Yeah, um, sorry, Griff. <laughs> sorry. Um, yeah, you snacking I, during the podcast. I was snacking and I had myself on mute and it was all off all the bits. But I agree with everything you said, Griff. Um, I think that Newcastle at the point where they have to win this game, they've got the troops. Um, when you look at the, the Broncos side, they're down on troops. Um, it's Half of them are in the, the reserves. Problem, the, yeah, and the problem is, can you can you put your can you put your house on Newcastle? That's the thing. No. Like, it's 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 a really tough game to pick because you don't know what Newcastle team is going to come out. I I'm picking Newcastle. I think they've got. I think they've got. They have the troops on the field to win, and they've got they've got they've got points in them. Look, I don't think this is going to be a defensive uh, game. From either club, I think they're going to throw the football around. They're not going to be able to um, contain a lot, but I think at the end of the day, Newcastle should have the class that, that gets them over the line, Graham. Yeah, I think um, I think the Knights will win this one. I'm actually going to call it. I actually think the Knights will win it well. I think that, um, yeah, as Griffo said, really the only two players missing for this Knights team now this week will be Lee and Braley. If you had Edric Lee and Jaden Braley in this 17, you'd say it's their best side. I think off the back of last week, the performance that we saw from Bradman Best, I I think he was almost the best player of the round. He was phenomenal last week. I I really thought he made a massive difference to this team. Um, And and also to having Pierce back, I think is a, a massive plus for them. And on the flip side, uh, Stags really takes away the main strike out wide that the, the Brisbane Broncos have. And I still am baffled as to why players like Mead, Kelly, Milford and Coates could be on the reserves list given the the players they've got in the top 17. He's, but that's another story for another day. He's, he's got good footwork, doesn't he, Stags? Stags, yes. Yeah, he's got yeah. some good footwork. Yeah, Katoni. Um, but yeah, he he's... Uh, Look, in all in all fairness, Shane, he's been. I thought he's been been good since he come back. Um, oh yeah, he's been great. Like he's, I, I think he's a star yeah. of the future. And and what we've yeah. got to remember is, um, 
you know, he was he was always one of those players, even when he first came in, that, that everyone had their eyes on, and he's a quality football player. But another bloke that we've had our eyes on was Barabin Best, and I can't stress to people who did not watch Newcastle enough last week to keep an eye on him this week and the impact he has. In addition with Ponga um, and also their forwards going forward, I'd imagine Newcastle getting the job done this week. And, um, yeah, I, I, I'm very confident in uh, tipping the Knights over Brisbane this week. All right, moving on to our second game of the round. We have the Raiders taking on the Dragons. And it's, it's a bit interesting here, guys, because all of a sudden we've got the Raiders in ninth position, the Dragons 10th. So it was a bit of a slide last week for the Dragons, and it shows how tight it is towards the bottom of the eight there. Uh, and in re- regards to the team news, uh, for the Raiders, uh, Ryan Sutton has been named to return from a chest injury at lock. So uh, they're going to be putting him through all the regular protocols uh, to ensure that he's ready to go on Friday. Hudson Young shifts to the second row, and Corey Harawira Naira moves to the bench, while Soliola drops out of the 17 altogether. Uh, we also see this week Dynamis Louie, who's had that calf inj- injury, being named among the reserves. He could well be a late inclusion. Elijah Anderson's a new face on the bench, and he's in line to make his NRL debut, so uh, a great achievement for Elijah Anderson. Cody Ramsey, he's firming to play after missing last week's game against the Rabbitohs. He's got a wrist injury, so the Dragons are pretty confident that uh, that he could be included in the team. Matt Dufty, however, uh, what we're hearing is he's very unlikely to, to play. Um, and you'll notice that if you look at your team sheet this week, you actually see Jack Bird at fullback. Um, Corey Norman, his week last week at centre, um, well, that didn't... Last too long, he's back in the 5'8 position. Uh, Jaden Sullivan drops the reserves, and that'll allow Ramsey and Lomax to form the new centre pairing. This is a bit of a tough one, Shano, because we've got um, the Raiders. They're, they're doing the uh, the yo-yo a little bit. One week we think that they're, they're, they're back in form, then they might not be. We've talked about the Dragons being on the slide, what do you um what do you think first of all of uh some of the positional changes for the dragons? We've got Bird at um at fullback, Norman back in the um five eight you know, position. No, we're starting to see uh some of the Vaughan party fallout dissipate a bit with players coming back. Yeah. Uh, with injuries they're gonna have to uh put different positions. <sighs> Canberra on the other hand, you know, it's it's a strange position like Harawira Naira is lucky to have a game. His defence was horrendous at times last week, and um, he's lucky to still be in the side, really. I, I'm amazed that the patience didn't run thin with him. In saying that, when you look at the two sides, um, it's, 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 the, it's the Raiders that has the strike power that can really change the game. I know that... I know that there's some players coming back. If Dufty was in the side, you might be a bit more confident. I just look at what Canberra can produce. Uh, you know, the other week against Parramatta, what they did was was, was nothing short of outstanding at times. Um, that although at the end they they scraped the win, but they got it nonetheless. The St George Illawarra Dragons. Now a lot was made of of, of the points they scored last week. Now, one was on the back of a kick where where um, Cody Walker didn't take it. it. I think I think 
when I look at this game, I've got the I've got the Raiders winning. I've got the Raiders winning. I just think there's too much class for the Raiders. I still think that although the Vaughan uh, situation might be dissipating with players coming back, I still don't think that um, they have the full complement of troops. I've got I've got the Raiders winning, Griff. Yeah, I, I have to agree. I'm going to tip Canberra. Um, but I'm not convinced. Uh, I don't think they've got a lot in their back line, uh, to be honest. Um, got a number of young guys there who who um, I'm not quite sure. They might, they might develop into good players, but their best player... Um, he's in terrible form, Jack Whiten. Mm. He, he's he's been out of form for a long time now. Um, yes, they've got a very good forward pack, but I haven't got a lot of faith in him. Um, on the flip side, St. George, Illawarra Dragons are on the slide. Um, and that slide's been made worse by the fact that their best player, who has had a stellar year, both for the, the club and for his state, Ben Hunt, is now out with a broken arm. Um, and I think that might just be the final straw to break the Dragons back for 2021. Um, I do think they've got a decent forward pack. Um, and they've got some guys coming back this week in the back line. Uh, we haven't seen Zach Lomax for a long time. Ravalawa spent almost half the year suspended. Um, they'll be hoping that he doesn't come up with another shoulder charge. Um, they might rip up his contract if he does. So what are you doing, mate? Like, Jack Bird is not a fullback. Um, doesn't have the pace with those injuries that he's had. I thought he was playing really well for him in the centres. And they got Cody Ramsey there. Now, for mine, Cody Ramsey, we saw it against, I think, the Rabbitohs. Um, it was a bit of a turnstile. He doesn't defence. He's not a big guy and he just can't control... I don't know what the Raiders are going to throw at him, to be honest, but um, I just don't think Cody Ramsey is a centre. He's either a winger or a fullback. Now, he would probably see himself as a fullback. Maybe we'll see a switch there with Jack Bird at various stages of the game between him and Ramsey. Um, it's, it's going to be, I think, a tight game. But I just think too many question marks over the Dragons and their best player is not there. So mm. almost by default, I've got to say Canberra, Graham. Yeah, yeah. You made a good point there given that um, Ben Hunt's out with that broken arm and uh, they've got Clune coming in. He's played a lot of football there, obviously, uh, is, uh, is very capable. But Ben Hunt's been in really good form. And given to where these two sides are fighting it out. This is a big game in regards to who could make the top eight. And given um, 
Canberra's run into the finals. This is a really big game for them. You know, they've still got to play, um, you know, Melbourne, Manly and the Roosters in their run into the uh, the finals, hopefully, for them. And uh, you'd have to say a win here for either side would give them a massive boost in those hopes. I, um, I think for a lot of reasons that you guys have outlaid, I'm also going to go with the Raiders. Um... Uh, yeah, I'd really like to see Jack White hit some form. He hasn't been playing at his best, but they've got some other good players in the side that can really uh, can worry the Dragons. And as you said, for the Dragons, they've got players that are playing uh, out of position, such as Jack Bird. If the Canberra Fords can get over the top of the um, the St George Pack, then I think that'll go a long way to uh, achieving victory. And the way that the Dragons fell off last week and conceded a lot of points late was a real concern. There were times through the middle of the game where you felt like they might be uh, might be able to, to snag a, a victory or come close to doing so. But um, yeah, that, that, that was a real worry at the end when they gave up so many points. So I'm going to go with the Raiders this, uh, this week to keep their Look, finals hopes alive. Just, just on what you guys said, Whiten's got to run the ball. He's, he's turned into catch and pass lately. Uh, he's got to get the ball and just run to the line. Yeah, I don't think he's confident in what, in his in his form, and that's why he's he's trying to to pass the buck, so to speak. So, I think if he has a good game and builds some confidence, that's going to be massive for Canberra. Right, moving on to our second game on Friday. This one will take place uh, also on the Gold Coast. So the Raiders-Dragons and Eels-Rabbitohs are doing a double header on the Gold Coast Friday night. Um, so as I said, 8.05pm, the Eels will take on the South Sydney Rabbitohs. Uh, in regards to uh, team news, uh, what we're hearing is that Mitchell Moses trained well on Tuesday. He's expected to play, which will be a massive boost for the Eels. Uh, Wanga Blake has also been named, but needs to pass the protocols after failing his HIA last week. Um, Blake Ferguson is expected to play. He had that uh, laceration last week as well. Oregon Kafusi moves into the starting side of prop with Re- uh, Regan Campbell-Gillard out with a groin injury for an indefinite period. Massive loss, if you ask me. Um Nakore and Cartwright have been added to the bench with Stone going back to the reserves. For the South Sydney side, we talked about, Shane mentioned they've got a lot of injuries at the moment despite their form. Uh, A few of those players are due to come back into the side this week. One of the big players that has been missing for a while has been Tevita Totola. He trained with the main squad on Tuesday and he looks good to go uh, coming back from his knee injury. Uh, the other addition for the South Sydney side this week is Benji Marshall. Uh, he's yet to train with the team. He's only just uh, finished up his 14-day mandatory quarantine with his family on Wednesday. Um, Marshall uh, has told NRL360 that he'll go into the captain's run and uh, have a bit of game time on Friday. So don't expect huge uh, minutes from him, but he should be there or thereabouts. Uh, just for those keeping track with South Sydney Still no uh, Liam Knight or Campbell Graham. Uh, they've been out for a few weeks, both with uh, concussion concerns. Uh, really big concern for Liam Knight, considering he missed that large chunk of the early part of the year with concussion as well. Griffo, um, this is this is 
third versus fourth. It's a it's a massive game. Um, it's a really big game for Parramatta if they are going to uh, push for a top four position. Well, it is. We we talked earlier about Parramatta. Mm. I can't see him. I can't see him winning this game. Um, how, how much of the Campbell Gillard out is factoring? Oh, it's a big factor. It's a big factor. He's been a big part of their success early in the year. But it's not just that. They struggle. They struggle to score score points against good sides. They they can put up, up a score against an ordinary side. Um. I I just don't think I don't think they got the points in them to to get close to South to be honest. And while South have had their they have had some problems in defence, um, even against poorer sides, they've let in a few points that have upset their coach. I just think uh, I think it's going to be a bit of a struggle for Parramatta. Um, if I was Parramatta, I'd, I'd, I'd be tacking. Uh, I'd be tacking the outside, uh, the edges of the field, especially uh, Mansour's wing, um, who you know he's, he he does come up with some some errors in reading the defence, and uh, he's been found out a few times. He's done some, to his credit, you know he scored a good try, one or two tries last week. Um, so he's ball in hand. He's been strong, but. I just think defensively, um, if you're looking at where you're going to go against South, you're looking to go wide. And I, I think certainly um, that's an opportunity for Parramatta. Um, it's still a strong forward pack for the Eels. Minus, as you mentioned, Campbell Gillard is a big loss, no doubt about it. But still, you've got the likes of Polo, Papali'i, Mattison, Bring on uh, Lane and and uh, New Akori and there's, <coughs> there's there's some it's a strong pack, but I think South can match him there. Um, I just think it's the back line where it's a mismatch. The, you you got Latrell Mitchell who's in supreme form at the moment. You got the talent of. Cody Walker, who who leads try assists by a long way in the NRL, um, and I know some of the other guys who, um, you know, who are uh, uh, sort of your main uh, try assist merchants have been out. And Cody Walker, I don't think he's missed too many games, if any at all. But but that's not the reason he's at the top. He'd be at the top anyway. It's just the others would be a bit closer. Um, I just think too many guns that South can fire. Um, I like the look of that back row for South Sydney. Kolo, Matongi, Arrow and Murray. Mm, Murray yeah. coming back is big for yeah, them, isn't that's it? that's big, obviously, for their defence especially. Um, but that you, I, I would say that that's the best back row in, in that's going to be going around this weekend. Of any of the sixteen teams, uh, it'd be hard to beat those three guys. Um, so it's South for me. Uh, Parrot have really got a match 
match them. They can't let South get on top early because they're good front runners, South. They get in front and they tend to go on with it. Uh, and Parrot, I don't. They, they won't be able to chase them down if if South get you know a bit of a lead. Um, in terms of uh, for our Parramatta supporters, um, rays of sunshine. Well, obviously Moses is back. Now this was a guy, you know, um, you know, he's going to have to do something similar to what he might have done six thousand years ago in leading the uh, Israelites out of slavery, part in the Nile. Well, I think it was the Nile. I think it's a similar sort of task that uh, that he needs to come up with um, for South to be beaten by Parramatta. So whether he's got the staff in the air, um, Mitchell Moses is the key for this Parramatta side. Can he... Uh, do a similar job to what Moses did all those years ago. No one thought that the Israelites would get out of slavery, but they did, led by <laughs> Moses. Um, I don't know. I think it was, was the Red Sea he passed. Oh, my, my apologies. My apologies to all our Christian friends out there. <laughs> so we don't um, get in trouble. Yeah, and I don't want to offend anyone, but of course it was the Red Sea. Um, you know, the Nile would have been easy, but... Uh, uh, not the Red Sea. That will have been a tough one. Um, uh, that might be when they come up against Manly, perhaps, or the Melbourne Storm. That might be... Uh, and they're playing all those teams. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's uh, it's Moses must lead them to the promised land. Uh, I don't think he's going to, though. South, for me. Shame. Yeah, I've got South. There's nothing... Uh, uh, there's very little more I can add. Uh, you're right about the fringes of South Sydney. They they are where um, values to be had out wide. Um, in defence especially. Uh, I think what it did expose last week is that if, you, if you're within your 40 and you can find and you can kick it deep, you, there's value to be had, especially on Mansell's wing. Uh, Paulo at times was a bit like a fish out of water, but he, um, he was able to contain things and do things okay. I'm wondering at what point Tap gets the tap on the shoulder and gets asked, can you play wing? Uh, he does have speed to burn. He's a very talented fullback. Wow. Um, I, I, I just wonder at what point, you know, he, he plays fullback, lower grades. He, he is a very talented footballer. At what point do you tap him on the shoulder and say, look, um, he is a leader as well in those junior competitions where, where um, you know, I, I, I think there's a lot of news. There's a lot of rumblies around asking uh, if Taft and Paulo were in uh, a lineup, who would you pick? And, um, you know, not that Paulo's done much wrong, but the, 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 the rumblies are there. You're right about the Ford pack. I think the Ford pack is outstanding for South Sydney. Uh, their back three, I think the way they stand, are the back three of the competition this week. With Cameron Murray back uh, with a week off, I can't see anything but a South Sydney win. I think they're, they're hot to trot at the moment, South Sydney. And we talk about Latrell Mitchell. I thought uh, Adam Reynolds actually stood up last week and had a very good game, highlighted by his chip and chase. Um, Cody Walker's pulling all the strings, gag eye out wide. You know, these, you know... They've still got uh, Campbell Graham and uh, Alex Johnson 
top try scorer to come back. That's that's bodes well for their finals aspirations. I think they're going to see this as a tough game, but one that they'll definitely win. I'll pick South Sydney Grey. Mm, yeah, like it's, it's interesting. Like both of you guys have highlighted that. Um, really, the the weakness in that South Sydney lineup is the the two wingers. And um, look, when when South Sydney are full strength, they're two blokes that aren't in the seventeen. And it was actually interesting. Shane mentioned Blake Blake Taff there. Um, hadn't really considered him being an option on the wing, but um, you know, he talked about the comparison. Who'd you have him or Paulo? Uh, in South Sydney's top 17, I don't think either of them are there. And that's no disrespect to either player. It just shows, as Shane said, the talent to come back in because you'd imagine when uh, Alex Johnson and Campbell Graham come back in that uh, Mansour and Paulo will be the players to make way with Milne moving to the wing. So even with South Sydney at the moment having a couple of players out, they've still got a lot of points in them. And that's why I don't think they're panicking too much. I think blokes like Jackson Polo and um, uh, Josh Mansour, uh, you know, they're, they're playing in a team. They're playing wing in a team that scored fifty last week and sixty the week before. Uh, so I, I think if they, um, yeah, as we said, that the concerns might be in defence, but uh, South Sydney's middle is 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 good enough, I think, to um, to try and battle it out. We mentioned earlier they're the type of team that even if a team scores, you know, 24 against them, they'll score 30-plus. This is one of those games where I actually think that um, this is going to be a high-scoring game. Not only South Sydney, but I think Parramatta, with Mitchell Moses back, are going to have a fair few points in them. This is not going to be the South Sydney um, dust-ups we've seen in the last few weeks. This is going to be a lot closer. It could be a, you know, rabbitized by 12 situation. But I think, given the uh, the circumstances that you boys have outlaid, that uh, that South Sydney would have to be your uh, your tip going into this one. So I'm taking South as well. Okay, so our next game is going to also take place on the Gold Coast. This is going to be Saturday, three o'clock p.m. Uh, we have the New Zealand Warriors technically at home to the uh, Cronulla Sharks, but as we know in this day and age with rugby league. Uh, there is no such thing as a home and away team with all games happening in Queensland. Uh, for the Warriors, we've got some um, some big guns uh, coming back into the side. Uh, Harris Tavita and Fanua Blake are on track to play after recovering from their injuries. So remember that Harris Tavita had that pec injury. And we talked last week about Fanua Blake having that finger injury, uh, the compound fracture that happened the week before against the... Uh, the Rabbitohs. Josh Curran also returned to the side after missing last week with an elbow injury. So uh, Lisa Katoa is going to the bench. Uh, Jazz Tavega has been moved into the starting side at hooker with um, Otokolu uh, sidelined with a knee injury. For the Sharks, uh, to mention for them, we have Jesse Ramian. He's been named to return from his ear infection. They still think he is some doubt, and they'll uh, leave it up till Friday to see how he goes. But uh, usually with injuries like those ear infections, um, a week out is usually enough to recover from something like that. So you'd imagine he'd be a pretty good chance to play in this one. Uh, Matt Moylan, uh, he's also been listed amongst the reserves. 
He's still got to pass some fitness tests to be any chance of playing. Uh, they keep listing him there after he's coming back from that calf injury. So your guess is as good as mine in regards to Moylan. Uh, they reckon he's pretty close, but um, they don't want to risk anything at this stage of the season. Although some may argue, uh, Shano, that it is the time for the Sharks to start risking things, given the fact that they're sitting in eighth and they're right in the middle of that fight to uh to play finals footy. Yeah, I agree, Graham. Like you know, let's face it. With Roger Tuivasa Sheck, they put the queue in the rack. They had no other option. I think when I look at the the Warriors, Yeah, when I look at the, the Warriors, like I was saying, they put the queue in the rack with Roger Tuovasa-Shek, um, and they're on a downward slide ever since. Um, they're, they're really struggling. And, you know, I know Harris DeVita is playing this week. I understand they've got Reese Walsh and, um, and you know, <laughs> DWZ. But um, the big thing for me is I, I look at the sides. I really think that the Sharks have everything to play for, plus they've got the troops. Uh, Will Chambers, Jesse Ramian, um, Connor Tracy. When I look at uh, Break Braley, I, I, I really like Braley. I, I said it in the off-season a couple of years ago, he was the player of the off-season, and he's he's solid. Woods, Decora. I just think that on their bench as well, when I look at Hamuel, Hamuel and Uele, Aiden Tolman, Andrew Fafida, They've got everything to play for. They're playing for top eight in Sharks' side, and they've got the troops to do so. Um, again, the biggest problem for the, for the for the Sharks, and we've said this from, from day one, is that they drop the ball in their own 40 way too much, and that's when they let the opposition. Uh, they've, got to, they've got to really have some respect for the ball this week. They've got to use their forwards. They've got to utilise their strengths, and they can win this game. This is going to be close. Like anyone that thinks that this is going to be a walk in the park for the Sharks, there's another thing coming. I think this is going to be a close game, and I've got the Sharks in an elbow to Griff. I think Shano has done a fabulous job of summarizing <laughs> this game. I think he's, he's, he knows his rugby league, this boy Shano. Um, I'm, I'm agreeing with everything you said. Um, I just think that, as Shane touched on, um, they've got more to play for, the Sharks. They've, they've, they've got a realistic chance of making the top eight. Um, I think they've got, on paper, a stronger side. Um, again, we've got a question mark about Moylan. Um, there's no Sean Johnson there. So that's my concern, is around the halves. Um, the Sharks were at their best and they had a purple patch of form where they won a number of games in a row when you had that Moylan-Johnston combination uh, controlling things for the Sharks um, I like I like the back five um, of Kennedy, Katoa, Chambers Ramey and Mulatalo um, they've, got, they've got a solid forward pack they've got five props on the bench. Now, that to me is a slight problem. Um, I don't like that. Um, Hamlin, ULA, Hunt, 
that's Royce Hunt, Tolman and Andrew Fifita, who returns. He's not been in first grade most weeks. I don't understand why you have four props on a four-man bench, uh, but that's something that uh, the coach obviously likes. Um, they went down to Manly the other night. They did play, you know, this, I think they scored 20-something points, um, but they let 40 in. But that was because uh, Manly have Tommy Turbo out there. Um, he'll do that to you. Uh, in combination with guys like Saab, um, Schuster, and so on. Warriors did really well to, to come back from uh, a 10-0 deficit last week and win that game. I did not see that happening, um, but credit to them. Uh, it, this side just chops and changes from one week to the next. Um they got two big ins in the form of Fenua, Blake, and Lodge. If they're going to win this game, those guys have got to dominate in the middle against the Sharks team that is stacked with so many front rows. Um, interestingly, they're now pursuing Ewan Aitken as a, as a back rower because um, he did actually do some good stuff last week, including scoring that try from a diabolical um dropout so he was good last week and he didn't have that jersey on his back but he ended up going in there due to injuries but played well in the back row and uh, has found himself there this week with a back rower's number I just think the Sharks have too much to play for Um, the Warriors they had a big effort last week they were awful the week before uh, I think maybe we're due for another Warriors sub-path performance. I'm tipping Sharks, Graham. Yeah, yeah, I'm tipping the Sharks in this one as well. We'll be surprised <coughs> if the Warriors early on match it with them, but um, as you guys said, I think the Sharks still have a sniff of this top eight, and I feel like it's one of those games where it's going to be tight, and then by the 60th minute, the Sharks might kick on a little bit, and... Uh, and, and rise to the top and get the job done. I mean, look, but we, we know that both of these teams are well and truly in that fight for the top eight, but, um, you know, it's, it's a tough one to... No, oh, the Warriors aren't, but uh, I'm trying to be nice. Look, it's, it's a tough one because... Uh, mathematically. Yeah, mathematically The mathematical geniuses out of there can find, a, can find a passage for the Warriors to the top eight, but no one else can. As someone with some fancy computer in Auckland that's got an algorithm yeah. that has them coming eighth. But uh, to be honest with you, I don't think either of these team, teams will make the eight. But uh, I think out of those two teams, the Sharks have the better push, and I think the Sharks have the better chance of winning this game. So I'm going to tip Cronulla this week. Okay, uh, second game on Saturday is an absolute blockbuster. Uh, this is going to take place at 5.30 p.m. Suncorp Stadium in Brisbane. We have the fifth-placed Roosters taking on the second-placed Panthers. Uh, plenty to keep an eye on here. Uh, given the fact that they are both, uh, look, for the past few years, they've been juggernauts, these teams, and they're definitely uh, both in serious top four contention. 
for the Roosters, Joe Maria Hargraves has successfully challenged his dangerous contact charge at the judiciary on Tuesday. He's cleared to play. Uh, Not for the a... first time this year, Graham. He's done it a couple of times. No, nah, and that's and that, that. I mean, we could have a whole another conversation there about the value of actually going to the judiciary. Um, we we've argued in the past that um, that many players, you know, they're they're too soon to to take the early guilty plea, and uh, maybe they should uh, chance their arm. Um, another key injury for the Roosters is centre Josh Morris. He's unlikely to return before the finals. Um, but you know, we, we talked a lot about injuries this year for the Roosters and they seem to just continue, um, kicking along, um, with, uh, that injury, uh, Dale Copley is going to come into the wing. Uh, that's what we, uh, we're seeing on the team sheet this week for the Panthers. Uh, young Nathan Cleary, he's considered an outside chance. Uh, from what Shane's hearing, there's not much chance there, but we've we've got to consider the fact that he might be a chance given that he's named at number 21 this week. For the Panthers fans, for him to come back would be absolutely massive. Uh, obviously, they'll be giving him right up until the captain's run on Friday to show any chance of playing. Uh, Stephen, Co- uh, Stephen Crichton, he's accepted a one-week ban for that contrary conduct charge. Uh, Paul Momorowski is going to come into the centres, and he's going to partner Kurt Capewell. So, bit of a uh, bit of a different centres pairing to what we've seen in recent weeks for the Panthers. New recruit Tavita Pengai Jr. is going to make his Panthers debut on the interchange Pengai bench. Panther. The Pengai Panther, massive in for them. Um, it looks as though Tago and uh, Hopgood are going to be the ones dropping to the bench as a result. Uh, Mitch Kenny's also dropping out to make way for the returning Apicorosau. That's a massive boost for the Panthers as well. Um, with Sorensen going into the second row, considering Capewell is going to um, uh, play in the centres. And also that will accommodate a return for Isaiah Yo in the number 13 jersey. It seems as though Griffo... Um, look, not at full strength, still some players to come back, but some key players coming back into the side for this big clash against the Roosters. Yeah, they're going, uh, I heard something, it's quite pronounced favourites, and I'm yeah, probably the, if I know why. Right? $1.35 the Panthers are, as opposed to the Roosters three twenty-five. And as I don't understand that at all. Yeah, I, I, I wouldn't mind a slice, actually, of that three twenty-five for the Roosters. I think that's great value. Oh, uh, look. Uh, first of all, Roosters coming off a 28-block win over the Eels last week. That's going to only help their confidence. They were good. After a poor start by both teams, what a drop ball, and the Roosters got their act together and, and scored points. Farrah didn't. Um, the guy who's there, um, who I'd rather perhaps not be there, is Kieran um, in the centres. He's a very good goal kicker, and that's, I think, why he's in the centres there, because they don't have a good goal kicker. Um, He will convert most tries, whereas we've seen from Sam Walker and and James Tedesco when called upon, uh, they're not not too good at at putting the goals over. So I think that's a a wise move by by Coach Robinson in having a recognised goal kicker, because... I think this is going to be a close game. Um, Roosters forward pack, very strong. 
uh, we talked about earlier the, the strength of the back row of the Rabbitohs. Well, I tell you, not too far behind, if at all behind and not matching, is, is Crichton, Tupanua and Victor Radley. That is, for mine, where the Roosters' strength lies. Um, obviously, they got two high-quality uh, backs in, in Joey Manu and James Tedesco. They've got Waria Hargreaves, who's managed again uh, to, to win at the judiciary. Um, <laughs> he, I don't know how he does it, uh, but he does it. Finally, uh, it was Lotto. Yeah. Um, he, he, so, gets, he does get the rub of the green there. He does. He does. Those bumper bars go up. and uh, I, I, well, I don't know what he was charged with this week, to be honest, but he got off. So uh, I, was, I was hoping he wasn't going to be there because he's been outstanding for him this year yep. uh, and a great leader for that for that side especially uh, and he did actually have the C against his name a few times I think uh, when Tedesco's been out so he's there he's their main forward man but uh, as I said the back row is outstanding uh, yep. and, and they concern me actually Crichton, Tupanua and Radley on the Panthers side of things uh, there was widespread criticism on the Panthers only uh, website the, on the Facebook. Uh, and I, I don't, I'm not one for publicly coming out and saying some of the things that some so called fans do. Uh, I do understand their frustration because there were some guys last week who were way below an acceptable NRL standard. Um, and I'm talking about uh, uh, the, was the two wingers, Staines, who's still there, um, and Jennings, who I, don't, I think he got hooked at halftime. I don't know if he was injured or not. I think he just got hooked. Um, both of those guys come up with a number of crucial mistakes. Um, and... Uh, uh, they've got Naden now on the wing. Now, I mentioned uh, last week that Naden in the centres concerned me, and that's how it panned out. They attacked Naden, uh, the Melbourne Storm, and they come up with some tries in the first half. He doesn't read defence well in the centres. I think he's better suited to the wing as a defender. He's obviously a very good attacking player, um, and I think we'll see him hopefully... Uh, get good yardage because effectively he's replacing Brian Toto. Um, Capewell in the centres, I'm not quite sure about that. Um, I'm glad to see Momorowski return. They're going to miss Crichton's defence in the centres. Uh, he hasn't been at his best this year, Steve Crichton, but he's been very solid in defence. Kirk Capewell, as we've seen, um, he can miss one-on-one -on -one tackles uh, in out wide. And that concerns me if he's marking up on Joey Manu. Um, I'm not sure he will be which side they're going to play, but uh, I'm hoping he's marking up on Kieran rather than Joey Manu. Um, Dylan Edwards led the side last week. He didn't have one of his better games. Again, he, he had mistakes, uh, crucial mistakes, uh, with with drop balls and whatnot, uh, um, he's got to be better. Um, 
personally, there's a guy there who came on in the second half, Isaac Tago. Uh, if I was coaching, and, and I, I bow to the far, far greater knowledge that Ivan Cleary has than what I do, but I would like to see Isaac Tago in the centres um, as he came on and played in the second half last week. He's a first grader. He's an NRL player. Uh, and I think he's a little bit wasted in jersey number 18, um, given the, the players that are out. So um, whether we see any switching, again, Ivan Cleary doesn't tend to do that too much, um, but I'd certainly welcome uh, Isaac Tago into the centres and, and Kurt Capewell uh, back into the back row. Maybe, uh, I don't think Mitch Kenny is actually needed um, I would like, I think they'd be more balanced with uh, just Corey Sal. He can play 80 minutes. He's had a good rest. Um, we know why he was resting because, uh, he'd obviously put in a bit too much, uh, and uh, overdid it and, um, he needed a rest. But anyway, um, the guy that, well, there were a couple of guys that impressed me out of the Broncos game, not too many, but the guy who did really impress me from the get go was Moses Leota. Uh, he really led that forward pack, but he didn't seem to be on the field too much. When he came back on again, he made a difference. He goes forward. It's important that he does that again. They're again going with Liam Martin up front. I don't know that that's, that's the best option. Um, I, yeah, I, like Liam, I love Liam Martin as a player. I love him as a player, but I just think... He's better suited out wide on what I've seen. Um, good to see Isaiah Yo back. They really need him. They missed him last week. He's going to take some of the pressure off Jerome Luai. Um, Jerome Luai is a high-quality player. And when he's combining with Nathan Cleary, he's an outstanding player. But he really needs... Uh, it's like, you know... Um, He's, he's Robin and Batman's not there. Um, he's best served when when Cleary's running the team and he can play that that style where he pops up and uh, and just does his thing um, rather than sort of being the, the game controller role that he's got uh, with this team. So Penrith are way below their best uh, paper-wise, on paper. Pangai Jr. is a massive in. And uh, the way that Cleary uses him is going to be really important. We've seen him target Sam Walker successfully when he was with the Broncos. And I think we're going to see lots of that. That, uh, that he is an absolute wrecking ball. Um, and this is what Penrith... Uh, they're really... He's going to make a difference, I'm hoping. Um, so Pangai Jr., Expecting a big game from him. I am going to tip the Panthers, but I'm really not confident in any way in, in that tip. Uh, I think this is an outright even money bet. Um, uh, Shane, where do you see this game going? Griffo, what can I say? What an analysis. I can't add anything more. Um, you've covered it all. The only thing I'm going to contradict you on, I agree, it is an even money bet. I'm choosing the Roosters, Graham, uh, in an I'm absolute nail biter. I'm tipping the I'm Roosters. I'm choosing the too. Roosters in an absolute nail biter. Yeah. Um, 
you know, I could be right, could be wrong. I, I agree with everything Griffo said. It's so close. Um, there's so many pros and cons on either side. I just think, I just think right now, you know, it, 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 it's, it's, it hurts a bit. I think with all their other outs, I think when I look at what the Roosters have coming in, I tell you now, had Wuria Hargreaves lost it at the judiciary, I might have just swayed to Penrith, but he didn't, and I've got Pen- I've got the Roosters winning great. Yeah, I'm I'm tipping the Roosters. Uh, I I was really impressed with the Roosters last week, and I think this is a great opportunity for them to to snag a big scalp. Um, given that we've still got a Penrith side without um, Nathan Cleary, and also two. Um, you know, not that Momorowski or Capewell, um, you know, aren't going to do a great job for the Panthers in in the centres. I mean, Capewell's a, a an origin centre, and Momorowski, many would argue, should be in that centre spot, and he was unlucky to lose that spot early on in the year, given um, I think it was a suspension was the reason he was out. Uh, yeah, but that's yeah, that's right, Graham. He got a two week suspension. And that's when they went with Matt Burton in the yeah. centres and never looked back. Yeah, yeah, and that's and, and that's that's something we've got to keep in mind too. It's not as though and and I I asked you last week about a Griffo saying you know should he be in the centres and be considered this week it's more out of necessity rather than choice. Um, I I'm gonna yeah I'm gonna go with the Roosters. I just think that the Roosters have more players that can. Um, break a game wide open. Oh, absolutely. The, the player that absolutely. I think is the real danger for them is Tedesco. And given what Sam Walker's been doing at halfback, um, yeah, the, look, if, if they if they rock up and buy some miracle on Saturday an hour before kickoff and Nathan Cleary is in the number seven jersey, Penrith win. It, it's, as, it's, it's as close as that for me. And I, I really think that the Roosters need to be given a lot of credit. And because I'm a few points behind you fellas in the tipping comp, I need to I need a point of difference. I'm going with the Roosters this week, and I think that uh, this will be an absolute belter of a game. Okay, moving from one belter to another belter. Uh, Saturday, 7:30 p.m. I'll tell you what. If you weren't well, in... Saturday night, how good is that? Far out. If you're not in lockdown, cancel your plans anyway because the footy's going to be phenomenal. Get in front of the, the TV. The scheduling has finally worked. Yeah, look. Um, Seagulls Storm, 7.35 p.m. Suncorp Stadium, Brisbane. I mean, even up in Brisbane, if you're... Yeah. I mean, they're in lockdown too. Anyway, it's everyone's everyone's got an opportunity to watch football. Anyway, the point I'm making is it's going to be an absolute belter because we've got... Uh, Two form teams, if you if you ask me, uh, coming head to head, um, and we see the Seagulls. They've kind of gone from being depleted to fully stocked um, with Curtis Siren in return. Uh, he's returned to the NRL shortly, given the side depth is the healthiest this year. We've got Sipley returning to the interchange bench after getting the start against the Sharks. Um, otherwise, it's pretty much, you know, steady as she goes, as they say, for the Seagulls. They're continuing to push for that top four spot, and that the best chance they're going to have to show that they're um, a real top four contender is this week against the Storm. Uh, in regards to their team news, uh, Kenny Bromwich, uh, he'll need to go through concussion protocols. 
after his HIA last week. Uh, they've got concerns about Jerome Hughes and his calf, but he's expected to play. Uh, they also reckon that Tom Eisenhuth is good to go despite that um, elbow injury. Uh, Nico, yeah, Nico Hines and Brandon Smith have been picked to start against the Seagulls, uh, but we know that Craig Bellamy could very well uh, do a bit of a switcheroo late on with Harry Grant and Ryan Pappenhausen uh, waiting in the wings to be uh, possible uh, contenders for the starting side. Look, when you look at these two sides, Shane, you've got you know, you've got one team where they've got the luxury of having a choice between um, you know, Ryan Pappenhausen and Nico Hines. They, they're, they're trying to fit all the stars in the seventeen. It's a real superstar seventeen for the uh, for the Storm. But we've also mentioned too that uh, arguably the best player in the uh, in the competition is on the other side, and that's Tom Trebojevic. <sighs> What 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 a game this is going to be! Like, you know, I'm getting excited just thinking about it. You've got these two teams at the moment who have players who are just on point, and what they've done is they've bought other players. Like what Trebojevic has done is he's he's got the team to come with him, and all of a sudden it's no coincidence since Trebojevic has been back and they're playing good football. Uh, the error rate for Manly's gone down. The missed tackle rate's gone down. Guess what's gone up? Tackle bus line breaks and effects and efficiency that just goes to show why he's so important to this side one player can make a difference they're playing the Melbourne Storm who at the moment are a juggernaut they are playing such phenomenal football it's almost perfect and who would have said in the post Cameron Smith era that we could say that I think when I look at their forward packs uh at times, they can be life for life. I just, I just look at the key areas: one, six, seven, nine, for each side, and you just go. Splitting it really does come down to the fact that the Melbourne pack can produce that go forward. I think in amongst the ruck, Melbourne do have more electricity out of dummy half. It's, it's, you know, who would have said that we'll be splitting hairs? I've got Melbourne winning this. I think they've just got a bit more efficiency in their game plan and they're a bit tighter around the ruck. That was what would have win them the game. Graham, I got Melbourne in, in what I think is going to be a pretty tight one. Yeah, I'd imagine you'd agree, Griffo, that this is going to be pretty tight. A um, lot of class, though, in this Melbourne Storm team. This is this is going to let us know where Manly's at, really. Yeah, look, this is an absolute... This is all, you know, the 10-year anniversary of the Battle of Brookvale uh, was during the week, I believe. Um, and uh, this is going to be the Battle of Brisbane. Um, this is such an exciting game. Uh, and I know, you know there was a lot of focus on last week, Storm v. Panthers. Um, but, but that was never going to be the game of the year because the Panthers were, you know, they were really, at least they were half a side. Um, and the Storm really disposed of them quite easily. Um, the Storm's defence in that game was outstanding. And, and this is the strength of the Storm is that they can defend against anyone and they can come back at you and score plenty of points. Um, I, I don't think this is going to be 
a game where we, we see a blowout. I, I don't believe that to be the case. It might happen that way, but I don't think so. Um, we know the storm can decimate. They've created a record of, of 40-plus scores. They nearly got another one last week. They scored 36 against a Penrith Panthers team who was averaging 10 points a game. The worst uh, score against the Panthers this year previous to that, I think might have been 18 or 16. Well, they doubled that. You know, um, that's the quality of the attack of Melbourne. What I think an area that Manly have got it over Melbourne is is your, your wrecking ball back rower. Um, now, I look at Lewis... Kenny Bromwich and Dale Finucane, I don't expect a line break from any of those unless, uh, you know, someone puts them into a gap and they, they get credited with a line break for that. Those guys don't bust tackles. They don't have Big Nelson. Uh, I'm not quite sure why he's not back. Obviously, he's been out for a few weeks with injury. They don't have that sort of player, Melbourne. Um, so that's an area that Manly may be able to uh, have over the top of Melbourne, where they've got back row. Uh, Ola Kuatu and Josh Schuster are out-and-out tackle breakers, line breakers. Um, and But they are coming up against the Melbourne Storm, who are, as, as I mentioned, they're an outstanding defensive team. Um, it'll be interesting to see what can Tommy Turbo do up against a quality team. Now he wipes the floor, absolutely wipes the floor with poor teams. Um, he didn't do that against the Panthers. Um, if he can do that, if he can bring another one of these performances where he creates tries and scores tries, Manly will win this game because he will, he will provide points for Manly if the Storm can't control him. I actually believe the Storm will control Tommy Turbo this week. He might, you know, still score one or two. He might set up one or two. But I believe that they will control him like maybe only the Panthers have been able to do. Um, they will have done their homework on him. Uh, but as I said, uh, I, I, I like this manly forward pack in, in terms of what they can produce in the attacking aspect of the game. Uh, and I think that's where they've got it probably over Melbourne. As was mentioned, Melbourne have the creativity out of dummy half with the Brandon Smith and Harry Grant, and they will they will lead to tries for the Melbourne Storm. We saw Harry Grant come on last week uh, and he scored a try from Dummy Half, which really did disappoint me as a Panthers supporter. Um, it was a soft try. Uh, Brandon Smith did it in the first time these two teams come together back in, uh, in Blue Bet Stadium. Um, and I do expect that out of Dummy Half, Melbourne will create opportunity, will, will create tries whether it's dummy half going over or, or a short ball to someone like a Christian Welsh or a, or a Jesse Bromwich. Um, but it's a mouth-watering clash. 
the six and seven uh, monster and Hughes up against four and Cherry Evans. I've said this a number of times. Cherry Evans is a, is a very, very good player if his team is on top. Um, but he comes right, right back to the field if his team is not on top. Um, so I just think, you know, Monster and Jerome Hughes, to me, they offer uh, more than what Ford and, and Cherry Evans do. Uh, you've got the likes of Hines, Pappinhausen on the bench, um, Josh Adokar. Uh, I'm not sure if we see Adokar, the Adokar up against the Saab. I would love to see those two guys in some sort of a chase um, and see who uh, the fastest man in rugby league is because I, I think between those two, uh, we've probably got it. So then you can throw in the hammer, but he's not in this game. Uh, but I think those those guys are the fastest men in rugby league. It's mouth-watering. I simply, I'm going to tip the Melbourne Storm simply because they are the Melbourne Storm. I do give Manly a big chance in this game, uh, particularly, as I said, they've got those guys in Schuster, Olakuatu, and Tom Trebojevic, who are X-Factor players. Melbourne... They don't have as many X-Factor players, probably. Um, they are the Melbourne Storm. They are the best team in the NRL, which have been for a long time. I'm tipping them. Uh, what do you think, Shane? Yeah, like, it's 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 a cracker game. It is an absolutely cracker game. It's... it's I, I agree with you, Griff. I think I think the problem with Chaboyevic and is that he's not going to be he's not going to get the go forward that he's had in the past. So he's going to have to generate a lot. Um, yeah, like, like I said before, I really am looking for the Melbourne spine, especially in amongst the ruck, to come out and do some things. That's where I think the game's won, Bray. I just look at the mm. ruck and think that's where you know. That's where Melbourne's value always is. Even last week against Penrith, you know, a lot can be made a, a, about Penrith's market defence. I don't know if it was their market defence as much as it was the dummy half execution. You know, like I think you've got to give some credit there. I think that's where it's going to be won, and I, I, I think Melbourne's going to get it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I agree with you guys, and I'm um, also tipping uh, Melbourne to win this one. Just one thing to you know, play a bit of devil's advocate. Um, with that possible injury complaint for Hughes, if he's out, I reckon that, that puts Manly... Oh, that changes things. Yeah, that's huge. Sure. So keep an eye on that one. But uh, all things, um, you know, where they are at the moment with Hughes playing, uh, you, you've got to go with the Storm just basically. They're, they're the best team. Um, but I think it'll be a good game. Like, I'm, I'm expecting a, a win by six or eight. I, I think this will really give us an idea of where Manly's at. And I think Manly's in a good place, but uh, they're probably not quite at the, the point where they can knock off the storm. It's just one thing out to last week. Sorry. Oh, You're right. Um, something about the Melbourne Storm that summed up them as a club for me was Penrith had scored a couple of late consolation tries, got back to, I think, 36-10. Not quite respectability, but I was glad to see them get over the stripe. Um, 
with something like 20 seconds on the clock, Melbourne didn't just go through uh, and just play it out. No, they found a quality kick to get the ball over the sideline. Scrum goes down or I think, well, whatever. They, they kicked a field goal in the last yeah. zero seconds, virtually. They never, they, they played right till the final bell. Um, and that I was really, I mean, I was impressed with them in terms of their quality attack, their quality defense. But that said something about why they are the best team in the NRL. Yeah, currently. No, it really, really shows their quality, and there'll be plenty of, plenty of uh, quality on show on the weekend. Okay, so uh, moving on to our games on Sunday, we have the Bulldogs taking on the West Tigers at uh, the Gold Coast. It'll be the uh, first game of the Gold Coast doubleheader on Sunday. It's also the Carpool Rugby League Portaloo game of the week. We haven't seen one for a while. It's there. It is the Portaloo game of the week. Yeah, it so- is the absolute. It's Muriel versus No Idea. Yeah, so there's a few 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 changes for the teams. Um, uh, Biondi Odo gets his first NRL start at 5'8", with Avarillo shifting to halfback. Um, we've also got Ockenbohr and Kyle Flanagan. Um, they're the main omissions after their poor performances last oh, week. Ockenbohr was awful. That's what basically led to that, uh, is leading to that change there in the well, halves. He, he, got, he, got, he got re-signed. Just yeah, just before that yeah. game. Before yeah. that game. Yeah, shows 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 the difference in form uh, when you you're trying to impress yeah. and get another uh, contract. He was uh, awful. Siamana Fungi is back from a head knock, and he's going to swap with uh, Dylan Napa in regards to a starting role. Uh, for the Tigers, James Tarmo is expected to play after missing last week's loss to the Warriors with that foot injury. Uh, and is going to play a fullback for. Um, Dane Laurie, who's got a fractured leg. Um, as we know, Mbai pretty much played uh, most of last week in that position. Uh, Michael Cheekham, he's been promoted from the bench to take Mbai's uh, place in the centres. Uh, we also see uh, Zach Sini included in the interchange bench. And um, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if he's in contention there, possibly to come in and play in the, uh, the centres after a a couple of good performances in the outside backs earlier on in the year for the Tigers. I think he had one good performance, Graham. Yeah, that debut game. And then he had a shocker. And then he got yeah. dropped. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so as, as you can probably tell, Griff, I'm trying to... Um, You're talking him up. Throw some, talking him up. <laughs> throw some positives out, considering we have the Bulldogs and the Tigers <laughs> this week. Um, look, someone's got to win this game. That's a positive, Someone Griffo. has to. <laughs> Who do you think's going to win it? Oh, I, I've got that Tigers here. Um, you, my my thoughts on the West Tigers are well publicised. I, I think they're a horrible club, and I think they're a horrible football team. Um, and I, you know, one one week they proved me wrong, the next week they proved me right. You know, and last week they proved me right. They were dreadful. To, to be up 10-0 at halftime against a way understrength Warriors who'd been pumped the week before. I think they had 60 put on them. Um, I can't remember who did that to them, but they were they were pumped. Maybe the Rabbitohs. So please correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, they uh, they had... 
the, the Storm put a massive score on the Tigers. Oh, uh, no, I'm talking about the Warriors. Oh, sorry, the Warriors, yes. Houston, the week sorry. before last, sorry. I think, yes. was it the Rabbit Holes that yes. put yes, 60 sorry. on them? Sorry, yes, no, that's sorry, okay. Yeah, 60 that's points to 24, I think it was. All right, so they were pumped the week before. They thought, oh, their season's over. Their captain left to go home to New Zealand. Uh, it was a, it was the makeshift sort of a team. They're up 10 nil the Tigers, and they lost. They lost a game where their season was riding on that game. Um, mathematically, again, they can still make the eight. They ain't making the eight. Um, but if they had a won that game last week, they were a realistic chance with their draw. But you can't just look at the draw of the West Tigers. But it don't matter who they're playing. They're a chance of losing. Um, and they've proved that time and again, where they've lost games they, sh they, they should have won on paper. They've got a much better side on paper than the Bulldogs. The Bulldogs are an ordinary side. Now, that's being kind. They're a dreadful, dreadful rugby league team. Uh, and they prove it week in, week out. They, you know, the commentators before a game, you know, this oh, you know, the Bulldogs, they'll give it their best. They never give up all this. It's a smoke screen. They're a, I was going to swear, but there's something <laughs> that starts with S that rhymes with, well, that rhymes with uh, bit. They're a bit part team. And they're also the other thing team. They're awful, this team. They're the worst. They've been the worst consistently for a number of years. Don't matter who the coach is. They've brought in a new coach. They've brought in new players. They've actually gone backwards, the Bulldogs, this year. They came last year 15th. This year, they've already wrapped up the wooden spoon five weeks from, from home. This is the team that the Tigers are playing. They should win this game. The Tigers... I will say on paper, and I've said it before, they actually don't look a bad team on paper. Mm. And that's really got to be the frustrating thing for their, their long-suffering supporters. That you look at them and you think, gee, this team, they, they've got the players there to make the top eight. But they put on that jersey and they play like the West Tigers. If they lose this game... Um, you've got to think, Coach Maguire, that's it. Oh, See yeah. you, um, you know, do your last four weeks. We don't want to have to pay out extra, but I think he's still under contract for next year. I'm not sure. But he wouldn't be the first West Tigers coach to get a payout. Um, in fact, I think they all get a payout. Uh, but realistically, you can't keep putting in poor performances um, they've got some good players there. Dewey, Dewey, he, he's their best player. Um, unfortunately, they've lost Dane Laurie for the season with an injury. Their forward pack of Uta Kamanu, Little, Tamal Bloor, Luciano Leilua, and McKaylee, that's a, that's a strong pack of forwards. And it's better than the Bulldogs pack, who were without their best forward in uh, Thompson from the United Kingdom. He's not there. Um, no, it really is, Shane. It really is the Portaloo game of the week. Um, 
But I've got to tip the Tigers simply because they're playing the Bulldogs, who are an inferior. They're not. They've not of NRL quality. The, the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs currently. Um, I think they will be next year, but currently they are. They're they're really. A, if, there's no New South Wales Cup for them to go and play in at the moment, but that's where they should be with this squad. Um, Tigers for me, no confidence, Shano. Yeah, I agree. Apologies for the rant, by the way. No, no, no. I love a good good rant. You know that. It's always welcome here, and and you took the words right out of my mouth. Uh, Last week, I saw in the – last week, I saw in the Tigers a a, a shambles. Um, You know, someone's not listening. And if it's not the players, then what impact does the coach have? If these directives are coming from the coach – then that guy needs to go ASAP. I have no idea why when someone puts on the jersey, they go down three notches. You know, I I call them, you know, they're they're every person's dream. If only the West Tigers were a belt. If only you could put a belt on and instantly go down about five notches. It's a billion of them. They are, they're, they're horrendous. Last week, that just showed an absolute apathetic view of not only where they were in the game, but of their team, of their coach, and of their fans. It was a joke. The only thing is this. They've got the troops on the field that are better than the, than the, the Bulldogs. That's it. Nothing more, nothing less. A part of me, a part of me wants to pick the dogs. Because what I saw last week was a joke. Um, I'm not going to pick the, you know, I need every point I can get, so I'm not going to pick the dogs. It was apathetic last week from the Tigers. Like I said, if, you know, if, if, if they were a belt, you'd love to wear it because they go down notches. It's just, you know, we talk about, we talk about is it, is it, is it the CEO? Is it? You know, and I know I know their documentary has given a lot of light into it. I honestly think I honestly think their financial position has them in the point where they've got to buy at the best seven out of ten. And the problem with the trade off of that is none of them want to listen. They don't want to get in the game, they don't want to get in the grind, they're a lazy rugby league side. What the hell was going on with the dropout last week? I have no idea. I, I, it's it's apathetic from that side. They're going to win this week because they've got better troops on the field. Um, you know, Shane, you know, Adam, that, the way I he, agree uh, with you. Yep. That dropout was an abomination. But no, you know was, what was worse? <laughs> you know what was worse? When they were in the game with minutes to go, 18-16, mm-hmm. attacking the Warriors' line, and they couldn't get a dummy half in there. No, no, it ball. is. Yeah, and that's that was, insane. That's that insane. That was unforgivable. The whole, lot, the whole lot's apathetic. You can't blame the, the coach for that one. No, you can't. And that's what that's what I'm saying is it's it's got to be something else. For too many years, the Tigers have blamed the coach. I think their financial position has gotten to the point where they can only buy six, seven out. Adam Dewey he is is in a league of his own. Like, 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 I know a lot of people argue that say he's he looks good in this side. I think Adam Dewey, he would look very good in any team. You know, 
I don't think I don't think he's I don't think he's you know, shiny rubbish in a rubbish side. I think he is a very good player. Norfoluma. It's everything else around them that just capitulates. They you know, they've got no resilience. They're they're, you know, it's like it's it's like polystyrene cups playing porcelain every week. They just sort of bend, crush, fold, and that's it. No, nothing. There's no substance to this side. There's no heart. That's the thing. We can talk about they lack skill. They lack confidence. They lack resilience. They lack the ability to stay in the side, but most importantly, they lack will and heart. And I don't care what anyone says. What they produced in the last 10 minutes last week showed an absolutely apathetic view to rugby league. If that was my club, I would, I would have, it, it would, I would be demoralised. And I look now. You, you guys know who I go for. You know, throughout the 90s, I saw it. Now, they were rubbish. But for the Tigers to produce that in the professionalism that we live in right now with what I know Coach Maguire can do. Coach Maguire is not at South for one reason and one reason only. He had two tough years. In the year he was let go, when they missed out in the finals, they were the best side in the competition. It was South Sydney that just couldn't get their crap together. Due to injuries mainly, but if they found their way into eighth spot, they would have given it a red hot shake. They were the best side flashing home. The guy knows how to be how to win games. The guy knows how to build football clubs. I just think that unlike when he was at South and he had that, he had the checkbook, it's not there anymore. I I, I hold great fears to this club. They're only gonna win for one reason and one reason only. They're playing junk. And next year, that side's not necessarily going to be junk. And I think as many sides in this competition progress, we're watching the capitulation of another. Gray? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, look, you guys have said a lot. attack on both the West Tigers and to a lesser degree, the Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs. Yeah. And They've got to make it a triple barrel. Look, the... I'm not going to say too much more because, really, for the the Tigers fans and the Bulldogs fans, they've um they've been through enough. They don't need me telling them how their team's going. I think the positive out of this week is, as I said, that we're going to have a winner. And for me, I think it's going to be the West Tigers. I agree with you guys. Um, really, for the Tipsters this week, I think they're looking at um the lesser of two evils in a sense that both teams haven't been playing where they would like to be this year. But um, we, you guys did touch on some of the uh, some of the positives, you know, in amongst it. Um, look, yeah, you've got you've got the way he there for the, uh, the the Tigers. He's been playing some good football, um, and I'd like to see. Uh, yeah, I mean, look, I'd, I'd love to see the the Tiger him link up with some of the players in that Tigers backline and score some points this week. I think they're going to score more points than the Bulldogs. Um, the the challenge for the Dogs, I think, is uh, this uh, this brand new halves pairing. The halves are probably the most important positions in the team, and when you've got um, a brand new halves pairing again uh, coming in again, yeah, yeah, 
And, and you look at the teams that struggle. I mean, we've seen it at the Broncos as well. Uh, the, the 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 turnover in the halves uh, is, is never a good sign. Uh, obviously, uh, they're looking for something new, something fresh, and hopefully for the Dogs, uh, they get some um, value out of that. But for me, the Tigers are going to get the, the win here. And I think it's going to be in a tight one. I, I don't think there's going to be um, many points in it, but the Tigers for me. Okay, our final game of the round is going to take place as well on the Gold Coast. As I said, it's the second game of the doubleheader where we have the Gold Coast Titans, the uh, the only really true home team this weekend. They're taking on uh, the North Queensland Cowboys at 4.05pm on Sunday afternoon. Um, for the Titans, uh, yet again, Jamal Fogarty remains a chance of being a late inclusion. Uh, he pulled up short last week and uh, didn't make his way into the side. But um, we, we, we talked about last week, Griffo, uh, Toby Sexton. Uh, he again Sex played, he played uh, the sex bomb, <laughs> played uh, halfback for uh, the Titans. So, um, look... The, uh, the impact that he's had has been, uh, I suppose, a softening to that blow for the Titans fans that, uh, that Jamal Fogarty isn't uh, quite there yet, but we'll see how he goes this week. Aaron Clark's good to go after his elbow injury, while Patrick Herbert's return from suspension is going to push Masters back to the extended bench. Uh, we're seeing Fafita named to start this week. Uh, we know that in um, previous weeks there has been a uh, swap with him going to the bench. So uh, keep an eye on that. You may very well see uh, both uh, Firma come into the side. Uh, Valentine Holmes for the Cowboys is returning at fullback after that shoulder injury. Um, Kane Bradley has a fractured hand and he's expected to miss the remainder of the season. Uh, so Ben Hampton's going from the interchange bench to the centres. Um, and Tal Malolo, he's also going to shift to the second row this week. Um, which is uh, an interesting one. From what we're hearing, um, that's just basically a, a tactical shift to try and get the big man out on the edge. Could be a, um, a ploy to try and have their own David Fafida out wide, uh, wreaking havoc, um, so to speak, for the Cowboys. Look, Griffo, the Cowboys. Um, last week... A lot of us tipped them to to beat the Broncos. I thought they were they were disappointing in their quest to get the two points uh, at Suncorp. This week they come against up against a Titans team. Now for the Titans, they're well and truly now in the in the thick of this uh, top eight battle, sitting in seventh position. Um, they've got everything to play for uh, this week. The Gold Coast Titans. You're absolutely right. They do have everything to play for. I. When we uh, looked a few weeks ago, Graham, at who's going to make up those last two positions in the top eight, I had them, had them there, the Titans, from memory. Um, I think I had Titans and Sharks making it. Um, uh, it's looking like the Knights will probably be one of those teams, but the Titans will, will think they're, they're a good chance themselves. They must win this game. Um, you can't lose this game if you're the Titans and still make the eight, I don't think. Uh, I, I don't have a high opinion of the Cowboys. I didn't see much of the game last week that they played because I, I had it switched on, I think, to the Olympic Games um, at that time. But I think they've been a major disappointment. The 
the North Queensland Cowboys. Um, I think they're on 14 points um, from memory. They were on 14 points about seven weeks ago. Or maybe they were on 12. They might have got by in there. But they haven't won for a long time. And, and you know, the last time they won a game, you know who was in this team that no longer is at the club? Clifford. They haven't won since Clifford left and since Dearden came in. Now, I can't put it all on Dearden. Uh, I have not watched them closely enough. But I don't know if he won any games when he was at the Broncos. And I know he hasn't won any at the Cowboys. So I've got to think the pressure is, is on this, this young man, Dearden. Um, the, he just don't win games. I don't think he's won a game all year. I think until last week, DWZ might not have won a game all year either. That's not a good record. It's and not again, a stat it's... you want. <laughs> no, well, especially when you're number seven, Graham. I know. Well, like, it shows you can't orchestrate. It shows you can't create, doesn't it? Well, you, this guy came with raps a few years ago. He was going to be the next, you know, big halfback for, for the Broncos. Well, well, the, the rap he came with, and this was what made me laugh back in the day, he's the next Darren Lockyer. That's what made me laugh. That's a big call. Okay, well, so he got a full head of hair. <laughs> <laughs> you know, hey, croaky voice. He's got dulcet, dulcet tones. Yeah, look, I, 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 I feel a little bit sorry for him in, in the sense that, well, he hasn't won a game all year to the best of my knowledge. Um, but he was, you know, he, he was part of a sort of a, a, not quite a swap deal, but it hasn't worked out for the Cowboys at all. And I've got a question there, coach. Um, you know, Todd Payton showed with the Warriors last year that he is, he's got ability as a coach, but I think he's gone backwards. Um, I, I think some of his decisions have been wrong basically and one of them was to let Clifford go when the side yes. was actually they'd won a number of games in a row they were in the top eight and a lot of the pundits were saying oh your cowboys are going to make top eight they were already there and they've gone they've fallen off a cliff with Clifford they looked like a football team didn't they Griff? they did like they looked like a football playing, team it was a good last, combination yep, with yep, last water. week Yep, I agree. They look like a football team. And last week, they were exposed. I, I, look, you know, I, I, it was Graham and I chose them. I know you didn't, and uh, well done. But um, I, I thought they were exposed last week to the point where they were a rudderless ship and not a, no amount of coaching or player intervention was saving them last week. And and that's going to be the that's going to be the course of their year, I think, for the, for it to come. Yeah, I just think the Titans have got well, they got too much to play for, but they're a better team. Mm. Um, yeah, I agree. And, and I think I think they win this. Um, whether they win by a big score, I'm not sure. Which makes me think, well, who's going to be my margin this week? I've considered that yeah. as we're going through them. Yeah. Um, I guess there's no real out and out. Um, I, I can't pick the Tigers, I don't think, as a margin. I mean, oh, they're up against nah. the Bulldogs, but you don't even nah. know if they're going to win. But uh, I think oh. maybe maybe this game 
I'll have to have a closer look, but this this could be a, a possibility because we know the the Titans can put on a few tries. Um, that forward pack they've got there. Gee, I like what Fotowaker does. And and yeah. Lassoni, they could be twins, those two guys. Um, when they're out, like, you know, one of them or both of them on the field, they just know one way and that's forward and fast. Yeah, um, they cast the same shadow and they run they the same do. way. I just, uh, I just think this is a team that, well, they have to win this game. And mm. I think they will. Yeah. Griffo, um, I, I agree with you. I don't know who my margin is. But you're right. The Titans get the points. Yep. Titans are my margin this week. Yeah, uh, uh, they could well be mine. I, I rock them in for me, Griff. There's a couple of games I'm tossing up between, and um, hmm. I'm not sure where else you can look. Really, I'm just it's, going back through the. I can't uh, the, see only, the Tigers. They're just about the only game where I'm confident. Uh, really, the confident other game. Of the, the other game for me is is. Only because Sharks Warriors maybe only only because of who they've got in their back three, and and what and what they produced last week versus the team they produced last week is the Bunnies. That's another possibility. We That's, know the Bunnies; they can score. They got a lot of points in them. They got a lot of points, and mm. Cameron Murray back. Um, last week they were they were clunky South at times with no Cameron Murray. Him being back and, and, and providing service out wide, if Campbell Graham or Alex Johnson were fit, they'd be my margin. At this point, I'm, I'm tossing up. It's, it's a South game. It's either South or the Titans for me, and it's I'm going to flip a coin tonight, and I'll give you an email. Yeah, I think I'm going to lock in Titans. I'm with you, Graham. Uh, yeah, I've got, I got the Titans as my margin. Um, look, I don't even know if they're going to win the game. They could... Lose it. That just shows the the great round we've got ahead. This is a blockbuster round. When you yeah. look at the round of, of games and you've got eight games and there's no... With the way the um, competition's been this year, especially with that, you know, the, those top teams dragging away, mm. we don't really have a clear-cut game where we can say, oh, that team's definitely going to win and we, we'll, we'll select them yeah. as our margin. I mean, I've got the Titans in this one, but uh, look, there's plenty of games to look forward to this week. As we said, the top six teams are playing each other. Um, I, I think it's going to be a wonderful round of footy, and it's definitely something that uh, I'm excited about. And hopefully we don't have any COVID scares like we did last week that uh, that risks the playing of football games or the safety of the players and staff. We'll be fine. Hopefully we are fine. Well, that's the, uh, that's the round previewed. Um, as we said, some blockbuster games this week. We really enjoy having you guys on board uh, with us again this week. And um, I'm really looking forward to some of the big clashes this week, fellas. Can't wait. Absolutely. It's going to be good. Thanks for tuning in, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, it's, it's a really quality round this week. Uh, most games, we think, you know, either team is a chance, which yeah. is not the case every week. No. Uh, and keep safe out there, everyone. Yeah, keep safe. Have a have a wonderful week and, um, yeah, make sure that Bye-bye. you uh, spend your lockdown time watching some football if you're in lockdown. Take care, everyone. Be good. <laughs> <laughs>